Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Eric, we have a new head coach. All right, listen, listen. I'm listening. I know you're geeked up. I'm geeked up. Welcome home, Coach Woodson. I mean, it just feels good to say it. Go ahead. You say it. You say it. Welcome home, Coach Woodson. Right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Try this. Yep. Try this. Try this. Indiana University head coach, former Big Ten player of the year, NBA veteran, NBA head and assistant coach, Mike Woodson. Try that. Try that. Try something Wait, like is that. he about to come on the show? Did you just introduce him? <laughs> is he back? Let's hope. If wishing made it so. I tell you what. Yeah, as you know, it was could not have been worse timing. I don't know why Scott Dolson didn't consult with me, but I was I just driven down a mountain on the beginning of a five and a half hour drive home back to Los Angeles when my phone blew up and the news broke. And so I really couldn't geek out. I couldn't get all into it and be talking with everybody or certainly not texting with everybody. So all I was left with was my feelings. And man, it just felt and feels good it feels right like right no overthinking it we've done all the over analyzing of every possible candidate and then i was left for like five hours just to sit there and be like yeah we're indiana we're indiana he's indiana this is indiana and oh yeah there's a million reasons why this could turn out like gangbusters ward for over two years now, almost two and a half years, you and I have been doing a podcast where we talk to Hoosier greats virtually every single week. And the one unifying thing among all of them has been how important it is to connect to what we are as Indiana Hoosiers. That is true of Steve Green, who was the first recruit of Bobby Knight. It is true of Tom Van Arsdale and Slick Leonard, this connection to what Indiana is. And it's true of Will Sheehy, who came from Florida and played on the 2011 team. It's true of Derek Elston, who played on that team and then coached. It it is the unifying message of our podcast over two and a half years, or about two and a half years, has been how essential 
the connection past, present, and future is to a program like Indiana. And we have ignored it for the most part for the last 20 years from an institutional level at Indiana because the head coach that we have had there for 20 years has not either had the wherewithal, the care, the willingness, or the ability to bring it all together. Let's say this, right, is what is Indiana basketball? What is this defining quality or qualities? We could go around with the adjectives that we most agree upon, but nobody, nobody who wasn't born and raised a fan or even better was a player for Indiana University knows what it is. And I think a lot of it's intangible and maybe even beyond some dictionary definition. But if anybody knows what that thing is, it's Mike freaking Woodson. And for Scott Dolson, who has been a part of the program almost ever since Mike Woodson left, for him to identify the person that not only gets that thing, that, that almost uh, thing in the ether that you just have had to have breathed and, and been born in, but then, oh yeah, this guy has been coaching at a higher level than college basketball the for highest. over 20 years. The, the highest, highest level. Absolute, absolute highest level. You know, that it's like, what a combination. And then to mitigate so many of the fears of like, well, how's a guy going to know how to operate in college basketball that he hasn't been involved with for 40 years? Well, then you hire one of the three most successful Big Ten coaches of the last 20 years to be his consigliere. And it's it's like, whoa. And is that news developed of, of Thad being involved and how he's going to be involved? And it's just like, oh, my gosh. He, I think the greatest fears anybody would have about Woody were, were completely or should be completely offset by knowing Thad is going to be right there next to him the whole time. And I will say this about Thad because people are like, well, what's his role? He's the associate AD of men's basketball. But what, is, what does that mean? Like, what is his exact role? Here's what his role is. And I put this, I put this out on a video when I was losing my mind after the announcement. He's the associate AD for winning, okay? He's the associate <laughs> AD for winning. I don't care what that means. It's just winning. The guy knows how to win. He knows how to win recruits. He knows how to win games. He knows how to win championships. That's what he did. He won a ton of games. He got the best recruits. He won Big Ten championships, Big Ten tournament championships, and he went to the Final Four. He is the associate AD for winning, period. That's all I need to know. I don't <laughs> care what else happens. That's what he's there to do, is to help Mike Woodson win. And Mike Woodson, I want to say this about Mike Woodson, because I hear people talk about, oh, the age and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to get to the naysayers in a second. The last time Mike Woodson was a player for Indiana University and was at Indiana University in any official capacity, he had what should have been a season-ending and potentially career-ending injury. And he decided to rush back with the help of, you know, Doc Councilman, the swim program, Coach Knight. And he rehabbed himself and came back for six Big Ten games at the end of the year where he won Big Ten Player of the Year, only playing six games, and led us to a Big Ten championship in one of the most storied runs of Indiana University history. That's Mike Woodson's legacy, fifth all-time score. Okay, Mike and, that, and we talked about that earlier. He barely played his senior year, and he's still the fifth all-time leading yes. scorer. That's incredible. It's it's insane. And my point here is, his legacy was set 
in stone. It is, you can't, I mean, he did not win a national title, but he did everything else. And his legacy of what he was, a warrior, that is set. And Mike Woodson. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and Mike Woodson decided, you know what? There's one thing I have left to do in my basketball life. Yes. One thing left. I've coached the greatest superstars in the world. I've he, coached- won an, he won an NBA championship. People are sleeping on that. With Detroit, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He rebuilt a franchise in Atlanta and took them to heights they hadn't seen in decades. He went to the Knicks, which was a dumpster fire, and he took them to success that they have not seen in the last 25 years. Until this year when they brought him back. And now they're doing well again. His basketball legacy, that, that book could be written, and it's an incredible book. And he said, no, 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 no. There's one chapter left to write. I don't care what my legacy was at Indiana as a player. I am willing to put it all on the line. If you don't think that Mike Woodson is coming back here with an intensity and a focus and a desire and a passion to make this right, then you simply aren't paying attention to what human beings are. Like, he doesn't need the money. He, this is not a, a money play. I'm sure the money's good, by the way. But yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like it's not about that. Well, this and is look, about do giving back the one thing that is left to do. He wants to hang a banner. He wants to hang a banner for all of us, for himself, for his coach, for all his former teammates, everybody you ever played there, and for for Indiana University Hoosier Nation right now, I love this was Jared Morris's thing. Like when he was listing the five arguments for Woody and the one that we had never touched on was unfinished business. And I love that. But I want to go back to the heart, the passion, um, the why this feels so good. I think the Archie Miller hire was made with the brain. I think Fred Glass is a very smart man. Clearly he is. And if you talk to any talking head in the country, coaches, media types, they all said Archie Miller was a very good, very smart hire. This hire was made using the heart and the brain together. And I just don't think you you can't win an argument saying, well, this is exactly how heart gets us victories. But actually, maybe you could because. How often did we see ourselves just get steamrolled for 5, 10, 15 minutes a game, often in crucial stretches down the end over the last four years, where if we'd really had heart, it would have got us over the top. And you talk about. And you don't lose eight or nine in a row to Purdue if you're playing with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think Scott Dolson took the hiring to the next level compared to what it's been since Bob Knight left and that he brought the heart into it. And I, I think that's the simplest explanation for why this feels so good. And again, we can run down the seven or eight reasons why on paper as an excellent coach and an offensive mind and what it's going to mean to recruits to be talking to a guy who knows exactly what they need to do to get to the next level to a guy who's so good at offense that Tibbs brought him in to bring that component to the Knicks this year on and on and on. But it feels so good because he's one of us. He is us. And there's just so much uh, that my heart and my gut loves about that. And if we talk a little bit about the press conference that happened today, what I do love about Woodson, and we saw this and heard this firsthand when he was on our podcast, 
he's not a guy that needs to hear himself talk. He's not a guy that will say with a hundred words what could be said with 10, but the 10 that he says are meaningful. And For sure. the first thing he did when he got to, there are a lot of people to thank. The first person he thanked was Coach Knight. He said, Coach Knight is Indiana basketball and will always be Indiana basketball. And he said, it's a family and we're going to bring them all back. I mean, it just warmed my heart. And then he talked about the future. And I love, there were two things that stood out to me. One, when he told the story of Scott Dolson calling him and Dolson said, let's get on a Zoom. And he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you you want to talk to Mike Woodson, then you either get on a plane or I'll get on a plane. We're going to do this old school. We're going to do this face to face. Love and it. I just, I love that because one, it shows a strength to him, a strength of conviction that I love. And it shows that like, he gets interpersonal relationships. And that's what yes. we've heard behind the scenes. And hopefully what we're going to explore a little bit in this podcast today. Yeah. But, but he gets connecting to another human on a visceral level. And that is something that truthfully just didn't happen the last four years at Indiana. And you add that to all the other stuff that he has, like you said, and look, we're not the X's and O's guys. We'll leave that to somebody else. Like that's not going to be us. We're just going to, we're going to root like hell for this guy. So, so, so that was one thing that stuck out to me in the podcast or in the press conference. Well, along those lines is Scott was a manager for Bob Knight. So right there in those four years, he learned more about basketball than you, me, or 99% of the people listening or on a message board will ever know. Okay. Add on top of that, following it day to day ever since then, and then for him to go and make these phone calls, and we know even talking to people saying, hey, I'm just going to throw names out at you. I'm not telling you who's really going to be the guy or not, but just tell me who you think of all these people or who do you recommend? And we know he's talking to people in the NBA at the highest college levels. He, he clearly went about this in such a methodical fashion as to get the, the best basketball brains he knows that that's I, I just trust that work he did that and the fact that his job and career is on the line so much more than what you and I or anybody else could pick apart doing a quick Google search or even from talking to Mike Woodson for an hour or so like we did on our show, which was amazing. But Scott went and talked to people who have known him, worked with him, studied him, watched him from afar. And he came back with this as the best result, not not just to make us feel good. But so we're actually winning basketball games again. That's all that Scott Dolson cares about. That's all that Mike Woodson cares about. I'm telling you, he did not come back here to just wave to the crowd. You know, I mean, like, that's not why he's back. He is back to, like you said, hang a banner and return Indiana to what it is. The other thing that stood out to me on the press conference, talked about Coach Knight, talked about you got to come see me. We're not doing this on Zoom. It was a little comp, two little comments. Somebody asked him about recruiting, and and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I ha- I have recruited. I just haven't recruited in college." But people forget this, and I think we'll hear a little bit about this in in our with our guests today. But everybody in the NBA has money, okay? Like every, all the teams have money. It's very rare that like you're getting a guy to sign with you just because you made them the better offer. They right. have that offer in multiple places. Now there's Larry Bird rules and things like that where the the team that has the guy can pay more. I get all that. 
But those guys recruit. They have to go out and tell that player why the next six to eight years make sense for you to be here. Like, look at our facilities. Here's our development. If it's a younger guy, here's how we're going to utilize you. Here's our offense. Here's how we're going to best um, spotlight your skills. Here's how we're going to maximize what you can bring. And here's how we're going to win. And he has done that with guys that are between the ages of 19 and 30. He said those guys on the Hawks when he first showed up, he was like, they were babies, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. It's crazy. Lord, look at his team in New York this year. I mean, this team in New York is super young. Yeah, they really are. Eight guys on the New York Knicks roster have three or less years of experience. I mean, these are are like 24-year-old kids that he, and younger, you know? I mean, R.J. Barrett is 20 years old. You know, Emmanuel Quickly is 21 years old. Their Obi Toppin is 22 years old. They are 23 years old. This idea that he can't relate to young kids is just bonkers. It's ridiculous. His entire career has been relating to, and, and also let me make this point, relating to young kids has been his entire career and also the biggest egos amongst that group. There's yeah, absolutely. With bigger egos than the kids that make it to the NBA. They're the ones that you have the most trouble with. And he's and I just, relationships. I just don't think you can underestimate the power this has in recruiting. And we know Thad is going to be able to oversee sort of the whole apparatus. And I, I think we both feel confident that recruiting is a huge priority, if not the priority, for Scott Dolson. That obviously knows what that's all about. Got himself to a title game with a couple Indianapolis boys. So then Mike comes in to seal the deal. And Woody's like offering something that Chris Holtman can't offer, that Underwood can't offer, that not even Izzo can offer, which is like, oh, I know exactly what goes on up there. I know exactly what you have to do to get there for us to bring you on. And then even once you're there, how to keep getting you better from there. And if you're like, hey, I'm going up against these other college coaches, look, man, he's like, I've been I've been over 20 years working up at the next level, which is the highest level. How, how can you as a player not think that's better? Like, like oh, I'm in college, so I need a, a college coach who's only, who's only gotten to this level. Well, no, there's a guy from the highest level coming down to this level to coach me. That sounds perfect. Totally. Let me tell you another thing that I love about this. I'm going to okay. go the other way and say why I think the 63 year old, 63 is great. Okay. My dad is older than Mike Woodson. Okay. He's older. He's uh, 72 now. Yeah. He just turned 72. Here's what I know about my dad. He's got no patience for anything. You know why? <laughs> because he's 72. <laughs> Zero F's. zero F's and who knows when it's going to end. So like get it in now while the getting is good. This guy isn't looking for a 10 year, five year building plan. He wants to win now. And he's got a unique situation with a bunch of guys in the transfer portal with a bunch of guys on our team who have entered the transfer portal where I have no doubt in my mind, he can build a winning team next year. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. What, what helps me believe that is he made it very clear, and I'll, I'll try to quote, maybe it's a paraphrase, we need guys who can shoot the three ball. Yes, that's helpful. 
That's helpful. We need guys who can guard three or four different positions. Yeah. Like I loved how he got specific both on defense and on offense. And again, when you're talking to the fifth all-time leading scorer in Indiana University history, coupled with everybody he's played against with and seen and coached in the pros, you got to believe if you're a kid coming into IU hoping to get to the next level that this guy uh, can help you get the ball into the basket better than you were doing in high school, not, not have you take a step back in how prolific you are with your scoring. And here's also why being an Indiana guy matters, okay? Because I know there's pundits out there, oh, none of that crap matters, blah, blah. No, it does matter, and here's why. Because when Mike Woodson meets with a recruit or a transfer and he meets them eye to eye and looks in their eye, he is going to know all that special sauce that you talked about at the beginning that there aren't really words to describe. I trust that he can look at a guy in the eye, have a conversation with him, and know, can I get this guy to get it? Can I get this guy to be what I knew my teammates were? Can I get them to be what I was, what I cared about? And if they can't, then don't let the door hit you. And I mean that for our current players, too, because he made a little comment that's the last thing I want to say in the press conference that I love. When he was, He's very soft-spoken. The words are important. And he said, we're going to sit down and meet with all the guys that, that have entered the transfer portal, and we're going to get a sense from them of who wants to come back, and then we're going to decide which players we, we think can help us. Love and that. That's it. I mean, it's just, it is just laid out there very plainly. The guys on the team next year are going to be guys that Mike Woodson believes can buy in and be part of what Indiana University basketball needs to be. And uh, it just fills me with pride and excitement. When you said the importance of an Indiana guy, and, and I love that because it shows while it's about family and connection, it's still about winning, you know, and, and you need to have that family feeling and that connection with the players who can help you. Right. It's like, you, you, it's, it's not a pity party. It's not like, Hey, we just want everybody to feel good here. It's like, if you're here, you're going to feel good about being here, but First, you got to pass the litmus test. And I think Thad's going to have a lot to say on that, too, and, and really help evaluate guys in the portal, uh, guys coming in through the state. And then when you want to talk about in-state, right? Like, we all love that Archie said, what you got back there? My you dad. got Wally? It's Wally. Wally. Wally is here. Hold on. How does Wally feel about it? Hold on. Hold on. Come on. You want to be on the podcast? Come on. You got to get close to the camera so you do. Hold yeah, on. Wally's this- here. My dad is in town. There oh, he is. There yeah. he is. Look at that. Right. There he is. Show, it's it's real believe- hard. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Come on in. Come hey, on in. And, wait. and there's Mark. Hey, there's Marshall. Mark is here. You got you to lean in. Oh, good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. You too. All right. So real quick, Dad, what's your feeling on Mike Woodson? I'm excited that we are going back to what made Indiana, Indiana. And he is old. He remembers what Indiana <laughs> I was. was. I was there before Bobby Knight. Yeah, so he knows what it was shit. And I now remember, I remember when I would go to a game on Saturday at the last minute, I could sit on the bench and yell shoot, and they would. <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom, what do you think about Mike Woodson? Longtime Indiana fan. Uh, I like Mike Woodson. I'm happy with it. I, th- I think it's great. I think they just need help with recruiting. 
And uh, but I think Mike Woodson is the right guy. I love it. Go IU. Go IU. Three, three for three on the Pinkowskis. I mean, this, this is, <laughs> this is called winning the press conference in and the Pinkowski household. You two guys on doing a wonderful. All right, all right, podcast. all right. We don't have to stop here. <laughs> stop it. Get out of here. Bye, Marsha. Bye, right. Wally. A little parental interference there, but always welcome. Always oh, that. Welcome. It, oh, and my son Julian is here. Uh, we got a lot of just stuff going on. There's Julian. Hey, hey Julian. 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 From Mike Woodson. Uh, I'm excited, and I think he has potential to do good on Indiana. Okay, very good. All right. Boom. So, four for four. In-state recruiting. I mean, who cares if the player doesn't know who Mike Woodson is? Uh, because, and as I think a lot of our fan base is educating themselves or re-educating themselves on who Mike Woodson was as a Hoosier and what he's done since. And it's been a pretty dramatic turn in opinions from people's first take a couple of weeks ago to the reception he's getting today. Um, and with these players in state, for him to be able to talk about the journey from growing up in Indianapolis, going to IU and everything he did since then, I think that's huge. And so I think along with that new coach smell, every IU coach gets within the state, his is going to be that much more for being a native son and for having gone through both the high school and the, the collegiate ranks, as, as we hope these players do, uh, you know, the good players in the state now. But we had zero success recruiting outside of the state in the last four years in any significant way. And that's where I think the NBA thing really comes in. So I, I have no reason to believe that the recruiting is going to be anything but better. And then, oh, yeah, you have one of the best minds in the game once you get the guys on the court. To, to make something really exciting happen. And just look what Juwan's doing at Michigan. How does, how does a guy who's been out of the college game since the early 90s, early 80s, what's the difference of a decade when you're talking that far away from the college game? How does that translate on the court? Because it takes a leap of imagination. I can't just watch Musselman versus Beard and say which one of those two teams I want to see playing in Assembly Hall next year uh, with, with that coach. You know, everybody could kind of make that leap. But here now, all you have to do is say, well, there's a perfect example that's still playing in the elite eight of a guy who's been away to the NBA for decades and came back and, and instantly became a national contender. And I want to flip it here uh, at the end of our intro, if you don't mind, to the naysayers. And I Briefly, start... briefly. We only give them a little time. Yeah, but I want to... I wanna, I wanna pull out one to start that is kind of emblematic. Okay. Jeff Goodman. What a douchebag. What a giant. I mean, he, he looks like a walking douchebag. I mean, talks like one tweets like one. So Jeff Goodman has come out very, very vocally and said that this, this could be a disaster for Indiana and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Jeff Goodman said the Archie Miller hire uh, was, was a perfect hire. It was an incredible hire that was going to work wrong. Two years ago, Jeff Goodman said, I hope I'm wrong on this, but just looking at history, it tells me that Jawan Howard's not going to be successful at Michigan. Okay? He's in the Elite Eight playing for a Final Four, and he's got the number one recruiting class in the class of 2021. 
So what I want to just say to Jeff Goodman, and then I'm going to make a comment to the Indiana fan naysayers, because Jeff Goodman is not an Indiana fan, so he can say whatever he wants. That's fine. But I wish he would turn that microphone, he would, that microphone that he talks into, and he's got a microphone because he's got a Twitter profile and people put him on TV and he's got his own podcast where they rip off our stuff. That's fine. Um, what I wish he would do is take his microphone shine it up like get it really nice you know like polish clean it, it polish it polish yeah. it, disinfect mm -hmm. it you know turn it sideways and stick it straight up his candy ass that's what <laughs> i wish jeff goodman would do with his microphone what what one little thing i did here when scott was doing all his due diligence on who the best hire was he did contact goodman oh. and said who who do you think's the worst guy we could hire and apparently goodman said woody and that's why, and that's why Dolson went with Woody. That's how you knew. should live your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I want to say this to the Indiana naysayers, because there are some, I've seen them online. We were arguing with them a couple weeks ago when we had a sense that Woody was a serious candidate. Mm -hmm. Guys, you are an Indiana fan. You and women, you don't get any points. You don't get any money. You don't get any credit that is worth anything for coming out now and publicly saying this isn't going to work out. In four or five years, when we can look back at this and really see what happened, no one is going to give you credit, money, or a or, cookie, or cookie, a trophy, a certificate <laughs> because you said that. So what is the effing point? You are a fan. If you are a fan, hop on board and root like hell and don't put the negativity out there. Because I will tell you this, we know for a fact, no bad can come from being positive. No bad can come from us putting our positivity out in the world right now. There is no bad that can come from it. There is a possibility some bad could come from being negative. A, a recruit's parents could see it, an AAU coach, the national media can see the negativity and report that it's a bad job and blah, blah. There is some potential for bad for being negative. There's no reason for it. Yeah, but, you're just gonna feel better yourself too if you wanna be selfish about it. That's a all it is. attitude, it feels better, but we don't want to prove Jay Billis right. We don't want him to have proved prophetic in saying we eat our own because if three or four years from now felt like you're three or four of Archie Miller and we all start to be like, ah, oh, this didn't work. That's, that's totally fair game. But for Hi. right now, you are doing a disservice to not only your own school that you, you reportedly are a big fan of, you're literally working against what you want which is a successful program. And, and up until the announcement of the hire, and you want to voice your opinion because you think that might, you know, maybe somehow creep into Scott's ear, fine. But that's over now. Circle the wagons. Because right now, if you're against Woody, you're against us. You're against your own team. And it's not helping at all. You are either with us or you are against us. And, oh, we're keeping a list. <laughs> yeah. Okay? We're keeping a list. We're going to check it twice. twice. <laughs> We're going to find out who's naughty or nice. And I'm just saying, the only reason you have to be negative publicly now, the only reason is to soothe some part of your ego that makes you feel good to spew your negativity before there's any reason for it. It is only to 
to satisfy some ego driven thing within you. It will it's your not, inner troll, inner troll. You could make the best argument possible against Mike Woodson. Like, I'll give you this. There is, in, because, because in the world of possibility, there is the best possible argument against Mike Woodson, okay? That exists in the world. The most articulate, the most well thought out, the most well studied, that exists somewhere. Guess what? You can make that argument and it will mean nothing. Because Scott Dolson isn't going to change his mind. So it's just meaningless. It's just for your own ego. And Make it to your friends. Make it to your friends. Call them, FaceTime them, text with them. Don't put it out into the world where it works against your program. Hoosiers unite. Hoosiers, Hoosiers assemble. assemble. <laughs> Hoosiers assemble. It is time Woody has come home. Seriously, he, Cap. It's like Cap. Cap's it, coming back. The Civil War is over. Yes. And we got to take down motherfucking Thanos. I could bleep that out. It's, you know, we've been trying to family again, friendly. Funny. Just, just lose that map. Cap, Cap is back. Yeah. Captain Indiana, Mike Woodson, is back. He's bringing all the Avengers with him. The Civil War is over. And now we're going to go into the end game which is running roughshod over the rest of the Big Ten on our way back to the Final Four. And oh, and, and, and the last four years was the blip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe the last 20 years was the blip. Maybe. But it's over. Everybody's back. And if you want to join in on this celebration of Indiana Hoosier lunacy, which is what it is, and it is a beautiful thing to see when it's in full bloom, there is only one place to do that. And we are lucky to derive our driving force from it. Our infinity stones. Our, our infinity, infinity stones, stones are, in fact, stones. powered by peaks that's it i mean you're on peaks how much per day right now well that was the thing that was killing me driving back while the news was was breaking was like ah i'm disconnected from my oxygen source right now um so obviously i was up way 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 too late catching up on on every single thread in pigs and overall quite pleased with the reaction you know that was that was half my curiosity is okay now that it's a done deal where the pigster is going to be and i like to see the unity that's really you know, was not there a couple of weeks ago when the idea was floated. Oh, and this is, I know this is off pigs directly. When I'm thinking about assembly hall, when I'm thinking about all those dudes who are going to be behind the bench, I, like everything we started talking about at the beginning of, of when we started this podcast of the fracture in the family, the division in the family. And, and really, as we talked to more of those players of yesteryear and getting into how deep that hurt was in those divisions were and and to think if you'd say hey in like two and a half years coach Knight's going to have come back Mike Woodson's going to be a head coach and everybody is going to be welcome 
and want to be back in assembly hall for games again. And I think, I think what, what this means is, is not just the night era players. I think everybody from Mike Davis's teams through Archie's teams are all going to feel that connection and family uh, because that just seems like the kind of dude Woody is. And he knows, he knows what it'll mean to have Vic and Cody and, and Yogi and Eric Gordon and all those guys feeling a part of, of the family that he is a part of. He's back. He's home. Good days are coming. And we want to spend today's podcast not just talking to each other about how great we think this is, but talking to people who actually know how great this is. People who have played for him, people who are peers of his in the coaching world, former Hoosiers, and people that know him a lot better than any of us do to just get a sense of who Mike Woodson truly is. And I will say this, if you want to get a real sense, go to our podcast from a few months ago. You can find the link on pigs.com. We spent over an hour with the guy getting a real good sense of who he is and what he's about. And I, that to me is like, I went back and listened to it again because I was oh, just so excited. And, and oh, by the way, Mike Woodson comes on the podcast. Let's name Indiana head coach. Just say it. Just say it. There's a pattern here. Uh, Tom Allen comes on the podcast. Best season in the history of Indiana football. Terry Morin comes on the podcast. They're playing for the, they're playing in just a few hours to try to get to the final four. Unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. Tom Allen comes back on the contest on the, on the what? On the podcast. Yeah. I'm worked up. My brain's work. My mouth's moving faster than my brain. And he comes on again and gets a million dollar a year raise. Mike Woodson comes on the podcast, gets his dream job, returns Indiana to glory. This podcast is the lucky charm. Yes, we had Archie Miller on the podcast, too. we're not going to talk about that. Look, it's it's it, you you had to sacrifice an Archie so a Woodson might live. Okay, there it's is just an that, exception to every rule. It's true. I, I'm glad you brought up the Lady Hoosiers because I did want to bring them up before it was announced that Mike Woodson was our next head coach and gave us all the feels to turn on that game and to see those Lady Hoosiers representing to see the Indiana name and colors playing in the Sweet 16 and obviously triumphing to get to the Elite Eight, it just felt so good and felt so right that I do hope anybody, even if you're not watching the men's side of things because you're really bitter, and I get that. I get that. Um, I'm really surprised how many of the men's games I've watched but just flip on the ladies later today. I guess this will be, I hope you did yesterday. And then when they're in the final four, obviously you got to be watching those games, but it, it just felt so good to see IU represented at the highest level of college basketball. It, it, it's something that for as shitty as the last four years have been for the men, it makes you feel really, really good to go out in public wearing your Indiana gear. And they play with such joy. They really do. They smile. They play fast. They play intense. They have each other's backs. And look, we don't know what's going to happen. We think we're going to win and go to the Final Four. But even if the season ends today, what Terry Morin has done with this program, what she has done for her, is it this is her fifth or sixth year at Indiana? What, what this team has done this year is every bit as remarkable as what the football team did. It is absolutely every bit as remarkable as what Tom Allen has done with his program. And it deserves our respect and admiration, and it deserves our support because 
she's been carrying the torch for Indiana basketball for a while now. And they're amazing to watch. They're so much fun. Can't wait to have her back on. And look at the, this, the athletic department as a whole. And a lot of love to Fred Glass for this. And obviously Scott is going to continue it. And I think take it to the next level, building upon that. Baseball, soccer, women's basketball, football. I mean, you're looking at the volleyball facilities and we know we have a great coach over there. It's like, I don't remember across the board in oh, swimming and diving, obviously doing what they always do. Uh, that now, obviously the crown jewel is the men's basketball team. It's back, baby. It's back. We're declaring it now. And for several oh, months, there's absolutely awful. nothing you can point to to tell me it's not all the way back. And th then we're going to be looking at having an athletic department like those of, say, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, some of the Pac-12 schools that are really good across the board. It's like we're, we're going to be looking at uh, what's that? Do they still have that? The trophy? Yeah, I think so. It was like the Sears Trophy or something yeah, they yeah, called yeah. it forever. Like overall, yeah, yeah, you win the coming most for titles. That too. We're coming for that too. I, I really think we are, but all of it, all of it is is good. And and honestly, you should all, and this is us too, just enjoy these next few months because all these other teams have had great seasons, are still having great seasons. Uh, hope to really see a lot of our guys come back from the portal, at least the ones that that Woody and Thad won. We'll see how they do at getting guys from other places, but we're in a, what I think is the, the new golden era of Indiana university sports across the board. And let's just have some fun with it. Let's just have some fun. Totally agree. And I want to say one thing about Scott Dolson. Here is what this hire, including, and I'm including Thad as part of it. Tell oh, you yeah. Scott Dolson. He went out and got 10 to $12 million for the buyout. Okay, that's expensive. Yeah. The athletic department is going to have a $30 million shortfall. He went out and got it. He went out and got himself an NBA coach, gave him a six-year deal. He went out and got himself, like you said, one of the best coaches in the Big Ten in the last 30 years, Thad Mata, and created a position for him and paid him. Because you know Thad ain't doing nothing without the Skrilla. So he paid him. <laughs> what it shows you about Scott Dolson is, he is going to spare no expense. No resource will go unfulfilled in returning Indiana to its glory. And having an athletic director that you know, you can argue if you want, although we think you shouldn't with the choice, there is no doubt that he is pouring, he, he has just opened the spigot and said, we're going to put the fire hose onto Indiana basketball in a way that has not happened maybe ever, truthfully. True. And so I am so excited about what it says about his commitment to IU athletics and specifically IU basketball that I am just so geeked up and I cannot wait to talk to all the people that we're going to talk to today to get their thoughts. I, I may end up cutting like 90% of this just so we can get to the people who know what they're talking about. Let's do it. I mean, let's just kick this off the right way, Ward. We've got maybe the best person in the world to talk to about who Mike Woodson is, what he is capable of as a coach. We are talking to a two-time Big Ten champion, the captain of the 1981 championship team, the former general manager of the Toronto Raptors, the former general manager of the New York Knicks. Hmm. And you can see it on his sweatshirt if you're watching us. Basically, the godfather of Canada basketball. That's who we're talking to. We are also talking to the gentleman 
that hired Mike Woodson as head coach of the New York Knicks the last time the New York Knicks had a successful run. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Glenn Grunwald. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Hi, Ward. Thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, thanks for being here, Glenn. How do you feel about today's news? I feel great. I'm so happy for Woody because I know he really wanted this. And uh, I'm so happy for IU and the players because they'll get a great leader and uh, someone that will you know, help turn this uh, program around and get it back to his past glory. All right. So let's go back a little bit before we get to you hiring him as head coach of the Knicks. You guys were in the same recruiting class, correct, at Indiana? You came That's in true. together. So tell yeah. us just what was your first impression of Mike uh, as, a, as a guy, as a teammate, as a player? Well, my first impression of Mike was we were playing in a high school all-star game, the Derby Classic, where the U.S. All-Stars played against the Kentucky-Indiana All-Stars, and we both started the game. I caught the ball early underneath the basket, faked my man, went up to shoot a layup, and Mike Woodson came across from nowhere and blocked it into the stands. <laughs> my first uh, <laughs> And, uh, which is, you know, ironic because he, he wasn't known to be the best defensive player in the world, but he, I think he was a little underrated in that regard as well. So now, now what do you always, uh, you know, he's just such a good person, such a high, high character person. So, so easy to talk to, so easy to be around, uh, just, just really a wonderful guy. And uh, that's the way he's been forever. I, I will say though, that when I would have, Back in college, and I think about my teammates, I would say Woody would be one of the last guys I thought that would go into coaching because he was such a good guy, such a regular guy, you know? And so uh, it turns out that he caught the coaching bug and has really become a very good coach. When you think about, even in the press conference today, very calm, very measured, we have seen some footage of him as a coach for the New York Knicks. Do you think the, the manner in which he comes across in a press conference and interview belies the intensity and the competitiveness that guy actually has? Yeah, no, he like he presents as a kind of a relaxed guy, but he's, you know, he's, he's a coach, so he's pretty intense. And, and what's good about him is, is he will coach players hard, but he'll do it in a way that is very, they're very receptive to it. And they'll respond in a positive way towards it. And that, that needs to happen. You need to, to help players along and coach them, but you have to be honest with them, but they also have to know that you're there to help them. You're telling them this, or you're saying these things because you're trying to help them be better and be, be as good as they can be. So Glenn, you are running the New York Knicks, you know, back in what, 2011, 2012, around that time. And obviously one of the biggest decisions you have to make in running an organization like that is who's going to be your head coach. And Walk us through what it was that convinced you that Woody was the right guy to bring into this storied franchise and hand the keys over to him. Well, we actually had hired him the year before. Uh, Mike D'Antoni was the head coach, and we were looking for to add to, to Mike's uh, staff someone that was more of a defensive specialist in, in a way. And, and they tried a few people, and I said, hey, you know, uh, you know let's try Woody. Like, uh, he's such a good guy. He's a good coach. He's a good defensive coach. You know, you'll love him. So, uh, so Mike D'Antoni uh, went down, talked to Woody, and they hired him. And he was the assistant coach for the first half of the season. And then we had some issues with the team and such. And, uh, and, and Mike D'Antoni decided to step down. And Woody was promoted uh, to be the head coach during that first season. 
and he did great. I don't know what his record was, but it's like the season turned around like uh, unbelievably. You'll have to look that up. It did, um, yeah. I think you. He, I, he, I did look it uh, up. Before. We made the playoffs, and then so to me, then I I became the general manager in the off season, and uh, I think I was already already the general manager. Yeah. So so then when when the job opened up for for the permanent hire, because Woody was just hired for interim coach for the rest of the season, I said, look, I don't have to talk to anybody else. That Woody was the uh, the guy for me, and and Jim Dolan, who was the owner. Uh, agreed, and and it turned out great, and we had a, a, another great year with with Woody at the helm. So, um, yeah, very very happy to have worked with Woody. It was such a good experience, and we you know we had some pretty decent success, and very happy to have had that time with him again as uh, sort of a teammate again. By the you way, mentioned- he went eighteen and six. He took yeah, okay. the team went eighteen and six, so a seven fifty winning percentage got you into the playoffs. You know, right. and then I believe you lost. Yeah, you lost in the playoffs, but. Nobody, everybody thought the team was dead in the water. Woody takes over, and you guys make this incredible run to the playoffs. What, exactly. what a, I mean, just made your job easy to hire him for the next year. <laughs> yeah, it was good, and uh, turned out to work pretty well. So how about that? I made one good decision, at least. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, wanting to bring him as a defensive specialist. What we've been hearing here in these couple of weeks as his name has gotten a lot of traction as the the candidate and now the winner of the uh, the IU head coaching sweepstakes as a really good offensive mind. And that's why he came back to New York to be with Tibbs. So is it fair to say that he's really good at both sides of the ball? No, no, he's a good coach all, all around. Yeah. And so, you know, we were a, a really good three point shooting team when, when he was there, which was, you know, not that it was the, the newest thing, but we were, I think, ahead of the game a little bit in terms of the importance of the three-point shooting when he was there. And, you know, he's learned from each coach he's been with. You know, he learned from Larry Brown and Bobby Knight, uh, uh, you know, probably a number of other other coaches. Doc Rivers. He learned from Mike D'Antoni, right? The seven seconds or less offense. And and we'll see what he's picked up from working with Tom Thibodeau for this uh, this season. So, you know, he, like he said in his press conference, he's, He's always learning. He's open. He's receptive to to new ways of doing things, and and that's why I think he continues to improve as a coach, and his teams continue to have success. Glenn, one of the things that was talked about in the press conference today uh, by Scott Dolson was after having his initial conversation with Woody, this idea of this collaboration came up, and and really you are the genesis for it because Dolson referred to it. He said that Woody talked about how good it was to have this, this partnership with you at the Knicks and that it really felt like this collaboration that, that allowed, I think, the whole to be greater than the sum of the parts. Um, can you just talk about like what it was like working with Woody in that way when, when you were making personnel decisions or just anything, what, what, that, what that relationship was like? Well, you want your coach to buy into what you're trying to do when, you're, when you establish your roster or who else you hire on the staff, or how are you going to approach your development? So, so like I said, Woody's Woody's just e- easy to talk to. He's smart, but he's open to his other suggestions and to other people's ideas. Uh, he doesn't pretend that he 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 invented basketball like some coaches. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's it's just a matter of establishing that dialogue, understanding where you're trying to take the team, and then working together and, and talking things through and and trying to make sure that we're we're all comfortable with the decisions we're making. And, and because we had such a longstanding friendship that that probably was a little bit easier in that case uh, than, you know, getting introduced to a coach for the first time. 
to take that idea a step further, I think a lot of people were surprised that Thad Mata is also announced as the associate AD in charge of basketball. And I like the analogy I read where it's, you know, if Dolson's the, the owner, Thad Mata's maybe like a GM and Woody's the coach, do you see that as a dynamic that can really work at the college level and maybe even be innovative? Yeah, it seems like a really good idea to me. Now, I don't know Thad Mott at all, but I do know he had quite a run uh, as a head coach at Ohio State. And, uh, and obviously that speaks for itself. So I, I don't, there were some health issues there. Again, I'm not that familiar with Thad, but uh, again, I think he'll find that Woody's a great guy to work with and will be receptive. And, and Thad obviously brings uh, his experience as a, as a university coach to, to what worked for him and, and bring that perspective, which you know, what he doesn't have yet. Uh, he doesn't have, uh, he hasn't coached in the college ranks, but again, he'll be a quick study and he'll be open and receptive to other ideas and knowledge and information. So Glenn, uh, Scott Dolson said that as part of his process, he talked to a lot of people that he trusts and, and got feedback from a lot of people. Did you get a phone call from Scott over the last couple of weeks? No, I didn't, but I did give my two cents. And that was Woody. So he, I don't know. He didn't have to talk to me, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you were, you were in line with him. So he didn't yeah. need to. Um, I, I well, do. I did think it was important that, that there were so many good options for X players, I think. And, and I think and I, what I did is I, I said, Scott, I encourage you to, to look at X players first and foremost, uh, because I think that's important for this situation that hasn't been done so far in the time since coach Knight had left. And, and, and I said, if I had a vote, you know, my first choice would be Woody. And, uh, but I didn't want to get involved because I, uh, you know, don't want to, I'm sure Scott has so, so many uh, other uh, people calling him too. So but can I follow up on that? Because I think Glenn, it, it's something Ward and I have been obsessed about for two years, truthfully. And I know for former players, you guys just kind of, it, it's intrinsic in who you are that it's important there's something that tells you it should have been a former player. Like that was a priority for you. But can you try to explain to us that are from the outside looking in why that's important? What is that special sauce that exists where, where being a former player for Indiana is like more important than if you're hiring for Montana Tech or something like that? You know what I mean? Well, I'm not sure I can put it into words, but, but uh, you know, I, I just felt a disconnect when Coach Knight left, you know, and uh, uh, I know we've got great fans at Indiana and they were passionate as ever. Um, they didn't quite have as much to cheer about maybe over the course of that time, but they were still there and still still passionate about it. But but I, but I think I think the bringing like what he said, bringing the old together, the tradition, you know, it's it's easy to say it. You want to do that when you're an outsider, but you're really an outsider and you I don't know how you do that necessarily, but with Woody being there and being such a big part of IU tradition and past success, I think he can actually do that and, and, and then go into the future and, and bring more players and good players into the mix and, and create even better traditions and, and more successful history. As a guy who was highly recruited yourself, and I know getting to the NBA wasn't the thing back then that it is now, but one of the arguments you will people have coming into this decision is he's never recruited a college player in his life and he said something today at the press conference about how you actually have to recruit in the nba as well could you speak a little bit to that and why you think uh woody will be so effective getting high school guys to want to come to bloomington 
Well, Woody just has a good way about him. And, uh, you know, whether that's recruiting people, as, uh, as you mentioned, when you're an NBA coach, you're part of the recruiting process for free agents. It might be, you know, a Carmelo Anthony, or it might be just another, you know, end of the bench minimum salary player. But you're recruiting that player. You, you, this is this player's livelihood. This is his career. And you're, and you're asking him to entrust his career and his livelihood to you and your coach. So, so Woody is like, has a very good way about him. And, and, and that's that same way, like I said, extends to his coaching. Like he, he coaches players pretty hard. Like he tells them the truth. Uh, and you got to do that. You, you can't just, you know, blow smoke all the time. It's not going to work. But people respond to him and players respond to him and they appreciate and, 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 and understand what he's trying to do. And they know that what he's doing is trying to help them. And I think that's really special about that, that man, that he can do that. And not everyone can do it. This is probably the same answer, truthfully. So if it is, you could just say, like a court reporter, refer to my prior answer. Um, but besides the recruiting, there's all this talk of just how can he relate to 19 and 20 year old kids? He's 63, blah, blah, blah. You know, how, how is it possible that this man could relate to these kids that he's gonna have to get pulling in the same direction that he wants to go? Do you have any concerns about that from, from Woody's perspective? No, and, and uh, no, okay, he's, a, he's a great guy. So I think people respond to that, whatever the age, but you know, I don't know how old Coach K is at Duke or Jim Beheim is at Syracuse or other people, but you know, he'll, he'll have a staff, you know, he's going to have people that are out there recruiting. And, and I think Woody will be a great closer on the recruiting uh, circuit. I think, you know, when you get in the room with him, when you're talking to him as a parent, you're going to, you're going to feel that goodness. You're going to feel the legitimacy. You're going to feel the honesty. And I think that will be very uh, lead to his success. Now, I'd say thanks to you, Vince Carter and Steve Nash, there's more talent coming out of Canada than ever before. When do you and Woody start to conspire on how to get the best young talents from north of the border down to Bloomington? Is that like tomorrow you give them a couple days to get settled in? Well, I will say that our women's team is uh, trying to play in the final four after tonight's game. Yes. Against. They do have a Canadian, Keandra Brown is on the team. Yes. So there's that, there's a correlation, no Canadians on the men's team, not in the playoffs. So, oh. <laughs> you know, uh, there's recruiting rules and stuff like that. But I was talking to Wes Brown, who runs a, a scouting service up here in Canada for, for NCAA coaches. And, and the, I know I use subscribe to his service, but he didn't feel that they were invested in it. Now, you know, that, you know, I'm half joking, but you know, I, I'm, will do whatever is permissible to to help uh, IU with those players but but the coaching staff has to be invested in and in, in put in the time and effort to, to recruit. Glenn just so you know we're okay with you doing the impermissible things too just get okay. kids <laughs> or, or, or get get us to do them for you yeah we'll be, yeah. We'll we'll be, be your, your whatever you need. <laughs> Ward, we're going to become the first recruiting mules from Canada <laughs> to Bloomington. Uh, now, boosters have rules. Even you two guys are subject to rules, you know, so be careful. I know. Glenn, I got to say, you know, we, we had the pleasure of talking to you before, and we walked through your whole career, and it was amazing. But I sense a enthusiasm to you today, you know, with this news, that you, you seem invigorated by it. Now, maybe... You, you just had a coffee or something, but I don't know. It just, it seems like 
and I sense this from a lot of former players that I've had the pleasure of, of texting with and talking to, there seems to be an enthusiasm that may not have been there for the last 20 years. Am I reading too much into that? No, I think you're right. I, I'm very happy and very excited about uh, IU basketball and where it's going to go under Woody's leadership. And, and I like the things that Scott Dolson said too. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy with the work he's done. It's a tough situation to go into to fire a coach and then to hire a new one. That's a high pressure job. And I, uh, I, I don't envy to being in that position in a lot of ways, but you know, I'm very hopeful that the decision that Scott made, I think is the right one. Can we, uh, Glenn, can we, now that Woody is back, will we be seeing you behind the bench for any games perhaps this season? We would love to see your face there in Bloomington yeah. again, man. I'd love to get down there and watch some games. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, that's that's definitely on the list. In fact, I talked to my wife about taking a road trip already about down the, going down to IU. So looking forward to it. And is that something where have you been texting with a lot of the former players today? Are you all kind of celebrating not only what happened today, but what that means for, oh, we're all going to get back to Bloomington more now. We got to Woody's there. It's on. Is, is there a feeling of that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've talked to a few players and yeah, we're all pretty psyched about it. And uh, like I said, he's just such a good guy and, and we're all rooting for him now. I think there's no question that, that his heart's in the right place and we want to we wanna help him uh, realize his dreams for this program. Have you had a chance to talk to him since this became official? I have not. No, I've talked to him a couple times before. I knew he was interviewing and I knew he uh, had that uh, talk with uh, with Scott and, and so... I was had my fingers crossed and now I can uncross them. Can, can we right. get can we get one thing on the record? Because we've heard about what a great guy Mike Woodson is from anybody who's gotten to know him at all or even just interact with him like we did for an hour on the pod. But would you say no matter how good or great of a person is, they don't get to coach in the NBA for like 25 years unless they're an incredible basketball coach? Yeah, that's a that's a, in fact, I've known some bad people that have coached for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I think of some past mistakes I've made as GM. But anyways, that's another story. <laughs> uh, I do have to ask this. Beyond being a good guy, beyond having a great basketball mind, Woody is also known for some stylish suits on the sidelines. Like, come on now. What, when you saw him prowl on those sidelines in those suits, did he ever try to get you to go to his tailor, like up your game a little bit? Yeah, Woody would always look out for me a little bit there, but I was never quite as snappy as him. The other thing that I think, Eric, you'll agree, given your yes, beard, Woody has one of the great beards of all time. Like, yes! It's unbelievable. James Harden and, and Mike Woodson, one and two in all-time beards. I'm just telling people, Glenn, that I started growing this one year ago because I knew that in a year Mike Woodson was going to be the head coach. So I was giving somebody, I was giving people hints the whole year. Nobody wanted to take them. Right, exactly. Although I will say this, I will say this about Mike Woodson. Don't do a ton of Googling on his beard because let's just say the color has changed over the years of that beard. It's a lot blacker than mine is. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I have to ask one more question for, a, for a, a New York guy like yourself that you and Woody went through some of that together. Everybody talks about how tough it is to be – the IU coach because of how bright the spotlight is. Do you think being the coach for the Knicks at all prepared him for that kind of spotlight? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, 
Yeah, you know, New York, the fans are knowledgeable. Well, that's the same as IU. They're passionate, same as IU, and, and they really care about it. And so, yeah, I think he's been in that situation before as a head coach, and uh, uh, I think he'll be fine. I, I think uh, it'll be same old, same old for him on that front. Well, Glenn, listen, man, when, when the news came in that Woody was the coach, we immediately got excited, and then selfishly, we immediately went – who have we talked to that knows Woody really well? We got Glenn Grunwald. We got to get him on the show. So we are so happy. Well, I always enjoy, always enjoy talking to you guys. You guys do a great job and uh, keep up the good work. All right. Thanks so much, Glenn. And really, we do hope to see you in Bloomington. It's a big part of why we love Indiana, why we grew up loving Indiana was this family atmosphere of the guys who made it happen. And the idea that Woody's going to bring it all back together, it just... Uh, it all seems like it's set up for a really good story for the next several years. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm with you guys. Thanks, Thanks Glenn. So much, Glenn. Right, Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to simply put one of the most inspirational figures you will ever meet, get a chance to hear. Uh, we are talking to somebody who means as much to the history of Indiana university basketball and the culture of what Indiana is than anyone. We're talking to a national champion. We're talking to a parade magazine, all American, a McDonald's high school, all American. We're talking to a two time big 10 champion. We are simply talking to the heart and soul of Indiana university basketball for the better part of the last 40 years. Ladies and gentlemen, we're also talking to a former teammate of new head coach, Mike Woodson, Please welcome back to the podcast, Landon Turner. What a happy day. Yes. <laughs> what yes. a happy day. We have Mike Wilson, my, my ex-captain, as head coach. We've got Terry Morin and the girls playing in, in the Elite Eight tonight. What a happy day for Indiana University. Landon, Landon, just yeah. don't, don't try to control your emotions. Just let them all out, buddy. <laughs> Man, I feel so good. <laughs> so, Landon, tell us why. What What is it about announcing Mike Woodson as the coach that is just firing you up? Man, because I, I'm used to winning. I'm used to putting banners on the rafters, man. Yes. And we have been 21 years in limbo just waiting and just waiting and now we finally have someone who knows what the IU basketball tradition is all about and Mike Wilson is an epitome of that he is a winner and he knows the tradition and he will bring it back when you call him your captain that is my captain he is your captain presently now he's all of our captain Yes. Why is he such a great leader? Man, he's always been a great leader ever since I, I came, went into IU. I mean, and he's the kind of leader. He's not like uh, Coach Knight that hollers at you, screams at you, you know. Uh, he is the kind of leader that'll, that'll pull you over to the side and tell you what you need to know to get your, to get your game a lot better. And, uh, and plus... He was the kind of player that showed it on the court. He gave 110% every time he stepped on the court. And um, and I feel he's going to do the same thing as coach. Uh, this, this was a great hire for Mike, from, from Scott Dawson. I'm so proud that we finally brought back somebody that knows the, tra the tradition and knows the game of basketball. And I'm excited to see 
what Indiana University basketball is going to be because I know it's going to be on the up and up. It's going to be a lot better, and the fans of IU will be very proud, like I am. All right, Landon, the last time you were on our show, it made some waves because people were very upset, like we were, that you did not have a real role, um, informal as it may be, but no real role with the current staff. And I say current staff referring to the previous one. People were very upset about that. Like we all know that you're part of Indiana University of Basketball and it didn't make sense to us that you weren't more welcomed in. That those days seem to be over now. And I just want you to talk a little bit about what it means to you to think that, to hear Mike talk about, we're getting everybody back together. We're getting the band back together. What does that mean to you personally? It means a lot to me because it's good because these kids that are playing now, uh, they don't know us. They see the banners that, you know, they might, they might have, I don't know. They might've went on YouTube and watched a couple games. I do not know. They probably don't know who Mike Wilson is, but all they have to do is go to YouTube and find out who he is. And, and when Mike was talking about bringing everybody together, I mean, because the Indiana tradition is a family. And I mean, no matter how far it goes back, I mean, from Dick Van Arsdale, I mean, everybody, everybody is my brother. And, you know, and, and we're family. And Mike is talking about bringing us together. I mean, Scott Dawson was trying to get us together, but it, it was from Scott Dawson, and, you know, but he was trying to pull everybody together. But I think with Mike Wilson, who, who has put his blood, uh, blood and tears on that floor, and I think that's going to have a, a bigger – um, account to everybody to come back and join a Mike Wilson in the Indiana University basketball tradition. And I think when, with him saying that he's going to bring everybody together, I think everybody will come together and, uh, and it's going to be a great thing. Well, and I think when we think of coming together, we think of how many players came back when Coach Knight came back last year. But you've been there year in and year out, game in and game out, and you've seen how the other coaches have, you know, maybe occasionally had a, a team honored or a couple of guys back. But what do you think it can mean to really truly have all those former, let's say at least coach Knight players. And hopefully I, I think Woody will be great at bringing everybody from the last 20 years into the fold too. But besides just showing up at games, what can it mean to this program to have all of you guys trying to help him? Man, that is going to be tremendous. <clears throat> and the one thing that it's going to do is going to send a subliminal message to all those young kids that do not know the IU tradition or that don't know who Mike Wilson is, who don't know who Landon Turner is, who don't know who Dick Van Arsdale and all in Slick Leonard, who don't know who those guys were, you know, and, and when they see all, when they see that family coming together, they're going to know that, wow, I'm a part of a true championship family. And that should make them feel good about their decision to come to Indiana University. And they know that we are, we're all about winning. We're about putting banners on the rafters. And I think that'll give them a different mentality to go out there and work, work their butts off to, uh, to, bring, them, to bring that winning tradition back. 
And I think once you see that family and you know that it's all about a family and we're there, we're here for you. If you need a, if you need a conversation from me or from anybody, you know, to ask about your game or what you should do, that we will be there to help you in any way, shape or form. So Landon, we love to get a peek behind the scenes here. What have the text messages or phone calls been like with your former teammates, with former Hoosiers, as you call them, your brothers from various eras? What has the, that been like over the last 24 hours or so? I think I send more texts to everybody more than they sent to me. <laughs> I mean, I was so happy because, you know, because that's my captain, you know? And uh, and so, but the but the re reply that I got back was, was, was positive and everybody is happy. I think that Scott Dawson, we finally got, you know, even though I loved Fred, you know, and I mean, I loved Fred. And the decision he made, I was, I was still behind Fred. I thought he was going to make, you know, a good decision with, with, you know, with Archie and everything, but it didn't pan out. But I'm glad that Scott brought somebody that knows what the IU tradition is all about. And plus, he, I mean, everybody thinks if you bring somebody in that played for Bobby Knight that you're going to be playing the Bobby Knight offense. He's not going to be like that. He's got, he's got his own offense. He's got his own defense. And it's going to be like it's going to be like half and half. It's going to be a little bit of, of NBA, NBA, NBA offense, and you know, and it's going to be some college, in, you know, offense defense. It's going to be a mix of both, and I think it's going to be very exciting to see. And you have to go with that mix, right? Because you just don't have the skill level at at the college level, no matter how good your team, to do some of the stuff you would see in the pros. Is that am I interpreting that right? Well, you can you can still use the same technique as the uh, as the NBA game, but because these guys these guys are very skilled. These college players are skilled, you know. So you just got to incorporate a little bit of the NBA, a little bit of the college, and mix them together. And uh, I think it's going to be very beautiful to watch. And, and I can't and I can't wait to go to the games and and see Woody do his thing. There's no doubt that your captain has been probably one of the busiest people in the world over the last 24 hours or so. Have you had a chance to exchange any texts or phone calls with your old captain? I sent him a couple of texts, but I, but I wasn't really expecting a text back because I'm sure he's getting thousands and thousands of texts, Yeah, but I'm sure eventually he will text me back and, um, and I, and I'll probably go to a few practices. Once he starts, I'll probably go down to a few practices. I'm sure he probably had me talk to the team. Yes. Unlike the last coach that didn't ever let me do anything. Right. But uh, so that's going to be different on that, on that, on that, on that part of the situation. <laughs> well, I think they definitely have me in the locker room talking to the guys where the last coach did not. Right. Well, and, and there's one thing to, to truly be welcoming and really want the help and the inspiration and the motivation you can, you can provide and other former teammates or players but don't you feel like there will be more proactivity? We just got off the phone with Glenn Grunwald. You think about somebody like, oh, say Isaiah Thomas. Don't you think there will be more proactivity from all of you reaching out to Woody, knowing he's your captain and he's going to be receptive to that sort of thing? And that's part of the benefit the players at IU are going to see because of this move? Yeah, Woody, Woody, is. I mean, he's, He's probably one of the coolest teammates I ever had. I mean, he's always been low key and cool. 
So, I mean, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> we love it. And I mean, he, I mean, and, and everybody loves Woody. I mean, everybody loves Woody. So if he asks any of us to, to do anything, you know, we'll, we'll jump to the moon for him, you know? And I mean, and this is the kind of coach that, I, that I've always wanted to see there. I mean, I, I've always wanted to see a past player coach because we've had some past players that are great coaches. But, you know, for some reason or other, they were overlooked. And I do not know why, but my man, Scott Dosey, my man, Scott Dosey, <laughs> boy, he finally brought us home. He brought us home, and I'm so happy. <laughs> my man, Scott. Yes, Scott. <laughs> so I think it goes without saying that we can uh, we can rest assured that we're going to see Landon Turner uh, assume his normal spot at Assembly Hall for a lot of games next season. Well, you know what? I'm kind of spoiled now because I used to sit on the floor, and I would always have to move when the guys were running in the locker room. You know, I'm kind of spoiled now. I like sitting up there in the in in the Iron Man suite. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I sit up there in the suite. You know, they get they get free food up there. <laughs> I can eat me some free food, and they also got some uh, tasty beverages up there if I want to <laughs> drink a tasty beverage. And it's just and it's and it's just laid back up there. You know, and I can just leave. And I can just leave. You know, I usually leave early so I can beat the crowd. Yeah, and when I leave, I mean, it just goes right, right down the elevator, right to my van, and I mean, I'm kind of spoiled that they spoiled me today. They spoiled <laughs> well, me, man. Well, now I'm we, really spoiled. They got Mike Woods. I'm really spoiled. That's now. right. And look, we we are praising all over Mike. We love that Woody's back, but you're a former teammate of his. You got to give us something funny about him. I know he's a super cool dude, but was there something funny about him? Was was there something silly, like something goofy? Give us something. Something that shows something that nobody else knows. Oh, man. Uh, this guy was always straight up clean. I mean, he, he, was, he was the best dresser on the team. Yeah, still I mean, he is, was right? Always, he was always GQ. And I think I was the second best dresser, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pat myself on the back. But uh let me see anything funny. Uh man, I you know, I can't think of anything funny right off the bat. All right. Well, I like that he's Mr. GQ. I like that. I mean, he does on the sidelines of the NBA too, he's known for being one of the best dressed. Yes, I mean he's one of the best dressed. He's and he's got and he's got a, a very cool mentality. And I mean, I think the guys are going to love him. He's going, he's going to expect a hundred percent out of you once you step on the court. He's going to expect a hundred percent out of you in the classroom. And he's, I mean, he, he's not going to be wanting no BS. He's going to want you to be straight up when you come to Indiana University to play basketball. He's going to want the best out of you. And um, and it, and I tell you, if I was, if I was in high school, I would definitely love to play for Mike Wilson. I would look if I was still at Tech right now, and Mike Wilson came to my door, wanting me to come to Indiana University. I would jump to go to Indiana University right now. Love it, Landon. I I know this will probably be the first thing you talk with with Coach Woodson about, um, but but can we go ahead and assume that whenever a, a current player on the roster gets down, you guys are going to hit up Ray Tolbert and get him to come to Bloomington with his base? 
Ray already told me, he said, he said, what is in there? What is in there? I'm going to go to games all the time now. Yes. Because, I mean, because because I don't know, Ray, Ray I don't know. He kind of, he kind of, I don't know. I, I he, You know, I guess him and Knight had like a little spat or something. So mm. he didn't really like going, he didn't really like going back to games. Because I used to say, Ray, let's go to the game. And he, and he would always tell me no. But now, you know, he you should have heard the excitement in his voice. He said, I'm going to all the games now. Wow. I'm like, okay, it's about time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because because I feel I felt that the basketball program was 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 a lot higher than Coach Knight. Coach Knight was a big part of Indiana University and brought three championships there. And I mean, and he was a great coach at Indiana University. But when he got fired, there was still Indian University basketball, and I still thought I still looked up to the university a lot higher than I looked up at Coach Knight. So that's why I still stayed involved because I still love going back and talking to the to the players and talking to the coaches and doing all that thing because I love Coach Knight, but I just I just loved Indian University a little bit more. I mean, because Indian University brought me a whole lot. I mean, it gave me a, a great education. Like great experiences, and I mean, I, I just love the university. And Landon. my man Scott Dose, <laughs> Landon, Landon, my man, <laughs> Landon. You can sell that whole education stuff to somebody else, but we both know that what you really loved about Indiana University were those ladies. Now, come on. Well, you know that was a part of it. <laughs> that, you know the ladies. Then you know we had the Frangie Pangie room. Then we had. <laughs> You know, then we had Little 500 Weekend. I mean, all of that goes together now. It does. I, by the way, I want to read this from Ray Tolbert. Ray sent me a text, and he said, I am so happy for Mike. I know there will be challenges like living up to the level of what once was, but Mike can do it. And watch the real good players inspired to go pro show up and show out, bringing IU back to respectability. I hope he will let him, I hope he will let me help him get there in some consistent capacity. Winning changes attitudes, meeting expectations decreases stress. Who 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 Hoosiers? That's from Ray. My man Ray. You couldn't have said it any better. Uh, well, now, now he now he could have did a little better if you would if he would have sent you a, a video that had him playing bass while he was reading that to you. <laughs> exactly. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> totally agree. There, we need a little bit of that bass. Landon, Man, that that bass, that baseball, it brought me out. Of the, it brought me out of the depths of hell. Believe me. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's interesting hearing you say what you said about Ray maybe having somewhat of a falling out with Coach Knight. Ray wasn't the only one. Uh, Coach Knight was such a strong person and personality. We we know that there were other people where where you know heads heads clashed and maybe never really came back together. Would would it be fair after hearing you say that to think that that Woody might be like the ultimate unifier for the university, even beyond just bringing the night guys back? When you think about the the Mike Davis, the Sampson, the Crean, the Miller players, um, and even guys going back to like the Van Arsdales, could Woody be the perfect guy to bring everybody back in? Woody knows most of those guys, especially the older guys. Woody has met all those guys. And I mean, and now he need, now he just needs to introduce himself to the younger guys and let them, I mean, Woody, I mean, bringing in a past player 
a past Indiana University great, an All-American, a Hall of Famer, and a, and a plus he's a great coach. Yeah. To bring him in is just, is just like perfect. I mean, Scott Dawson, man. I mean that dude. Man, I, I need I need I need to buy him a couple beers or something, man. I, need, <laughs> I, I mean, man, that man that man did some thinking, boy. And uh, I, and he I think that Woody is the great unifier because a lot of the a lot of the greats, you know, the past players, you know, didn't come back. You know, they they wouldn't come back. I don't know why. You know, maybe they lived too far away, but I, you know. But I'm thinking that some of the, the, the past players that like live in California or Las Vegas, I think that I think that because of Woody, they'll make a special trip to a, to a game or two since Woody is there. Well, we hope so. And we hope you And by the way, by the way, I'm watching the girls. Texas just beat Maryland. Really? In the in the, in the Elite Eight. Wow. Yeah. I thought Maryland was going to win it all. Other than the, now with Maryland out, I think the, I think the Indiana Hoosiers going to win now. Talk, like talk to us on, what Terry you're seeing. <laughs> talk to us what you're seeing from Terry Morin and and the ladies out there. What what do you like about their game? They are making me so proud. I mean, not as proud as Mike Woodson coming in, but I am very <laughs> proud of them. I mean, they worked the ball. I mean, they passed the ball. And what I really love about them, they, they're very resilient. They work hard on defense. They rebound the ball. And they on, and on offense, they pass the ball around so they get a nice, good shot, either wide open three or they get a nice uh, shot down low. And I love the way Terry got those, got those girls playing. Couldn't agree more. Landon, when we got the news about Mike Woodson and we knew we were going to do this as our podcast episode, we said we got to get Landon. We just got to get him because if anybody is going to personify and embody the passion and excitement that Hoosier Nation should be feeling right now, we knew it was you and you exceeded expectations. My captain! (laughs) (laughs) My captain is in there, boy. And I tell you, when I see you at some games, we we need to hug. Hopefully, hopefully we can hug then. We, I, because, I'm you know, I'll get my second shot on the on the on the ninth. Yes. So I'll be cool, but I'll still have my mask on. I'll give y'all a good hoosier hug because I'm gonna love watching Mike Woodson with his sharp set. He's gonna be sharp on the sideline <laughs> and he is gonna be coaching his ass off. Oh, we love it. And when and then and then after the game, we gotta head down to that farm of yours and do a little hunting together. We can do that. There we and, then go. After, and then after, and then after we after we get a you know after we uh, get something we harvest something we can go in my cabin and have a few brews. There we go. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do that. <laughs> All right, Landon, you are the man. You know how much we love you and admire you and respect you. And the idea that you are going to feel more a part of things again, and that this excites you as much as it does brings me to an entirely new level of excitement. And I came into this phone call excited. So thank you. We cannot wait to see you at games. Thank you, fellas. I love you all too. You take care. We love you, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We started off talking to Glenn Grunwald, who hired Mike Woodson at the New York Knicks. We then talked to Landon Turner, who played with Mike Woodson as the Indiana, at the Indiana Hoosiers on the 1980 Big Ten Championship team. And now we've got our good friend, maybe the one who holds the record for most appearances on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, but a gentleman who played for Mike Woodson at the New York Knicks. Indiana all-time great, the last man to lead us to a Final Four, Big Ten Player of the Year, All-American, lottery pick. Lottery pick? You were a lottery pick, right? Yeah, lottery pick. Yeah, sure. We'll say that. <laughs> lottery pick. Jared Jeffries. <laughs> Jared, how you feeling today about the news? I mean, I love it, man. Um, I'm excited for Woody and what he has a chance to do. His coaching experience, I played for him in New York. So it, is, it should be great. I mean, and everybody should rally behind him and feel good about it. Get get specific with us about why he's such a good coach. I think he does. He's done a good job of all the coaches he's been around. Um, he's been around Larry Brown a lot. He's been around Mike D'Antoni when he worked for Mike there and learned the offense that he did. He coached some great players in Atlanta, some great players in New York. So I think that his offensive system that he will put in place will be great. And Jared – you know, the big knock on him has been, you know, he's 63 years old. He's never coached college. He's not going to be able to relate to young players and build the necessary relationships you need with young players. Look, you were a young player who played for him. What, what can you tell us about Woody as a guy who builds relationships with the players on his teams? You will not meet a nicer guy than Woody. One of the nicest guys on the planet, man. I mean, super sweet. Hangs out with people, man. He's um, he's a relationship guy. So I think that's not fair because his relationships in basketball go through the decades. So you're going to have a worldwide West. You're going to have the connections at CAA, which he's built through the NBA. You're going to so he can pick up a phone. And he can call in favors with people. Isaiah Thomas, you know, Scott May, um, him and Carmelo are still close. Nobody you come across is going to say they don't like Woody. So I think his relationships that he's built through basketball will be his biggest recruiting tool. Well, and you were uh, a big time high school prospect. You uh, obviously had a, uh, well, you could have gone anywhere uh, and yeah. ultimately went to IU. Put yourself in the shoes of a recruit nowadays, which is is probably even different from when you were doing it. Are, are you okay with a guy who hasn't played college ball and is a little bit older? because he's been coaching in the NBA for 25 years? First thing he has to do is win. Um, you know, mm -hmm. obviously off the bat, no. Off, off the bat, with what Indiana's been through, the program itself over the last four years, a older coach, no, I wouldn't go there. Um, but if he builds a program, he builds a system, and guys see results, I think, you know, what really hurt Indiana in the state is Christian Lander. Like, if I'm an Indiana recruit and I look at, um, Romeo Langford and Christian Lander, they're one year at Indiana and how it went, I would be hesitant to go there. So I think it's its not Woody thing, it's a program thing. That's mm. fair. So okay. talk to us, Jared. Look, you had the advantage of going to the Knicks and knowing who Mike Woodson was because you grew up in Bloomington. You grew up in, you know, knowing what Indiana basketball was. You had an appreciation for it. But I'm sure many, if not all of your teammates, had no idea who Mike Woodson was other than he'd been around the NBA for a while. What, what, 
what do you think your teammates thought of Mike Woodson? What would, if we asked your teammates that played for him, how would they describe Woody? Um, he's a player's coach. You know, he, he listens to guys' body language. He sees what's going on. Um, he has a huge drive to win. Yeah, like, you know, he wants to find any way he can to win. I mean, if you go back to Mike Bibby's of the world, Al Harrington's, um, Teron Luz, uh, Amari, Tyson Chandler, Jay Kidd, all these guys, man, there's a, you love Woody, man, because he played, he's been there. He's a great guy. He's a family guy. has an amazing wife. You're going to root for a guy like Woody. I think sometimes being an assistant coach more than a head coach, you don't know him. You don't know his personality that much. I mean, he, the man shaved his eyebrows off because he lost a bet to his team in Atlanta. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and look those pictures up. Woody with no eyebrows. He lost a bet to his players. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> what was the bet? What was? Do we know what the bet was? I, I forget. I, I had to call Bibby and ask him. Bibby, Bibby was part of it when he was in Atlanta. Like he's coaching a basketball thing with no eyebrows. That is awesome. <laughs> it's like a, an episode of Impractical Jokers. That, yeah, that's great. a dangerous thing, man. You don't know if those eyebrows are going to come back. You don't they, know. Are they, they going to come out like straight out? Or are they going to come out like they, they yeah. come out back any kind of way? It could be dangerous. <laughs> He'll end up being like magic markering, sharpening his eyebrows on, like a, you know. Yeah. Like, go, what you got to do? Go, go get the. Just literally, Google Mike Woodson eyebrows. It'll pop up on Google. Get a picture and superimpose that picture. We're doing this and look at it. It's awesome. Oh, I love that. So, love so we've that. gotten to talk to Landon earlier and Glenn Grunwald, who were teammates of his, and obviously Glenn was in New York and, you know, helped get him into the head coaching position there. Uh, yeah. And all they're just over the moon. Um, I'm yeah. wondering with other former IU players, teammates, have you guys been in communication today? Is there a buzz? What are you feeling from from the IU fam? Everybody loves it, man. Um, I talked to Woody earlier also. Um, everybody loves it. I think he's going to do a good job of bringing everybody together. I think he's going to bring Tim Garl back to the bench, like in some kind of capacity. One of the biggest travesties ever was putting Tim Garl, God knows where, and having 16 guys in suits around the bench. Bring Tim Garl back to the bench. Guy's yes. the best. By the way, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I mean, look, let's be honest. Look, that obviously says a couple things. One, it says the guy's got giant stones and backs up his word. But two, yeah. I mean, that shows a guy who's like, like you said, like a guy willing to do that is willing to have some fun with his players. He knows what that does for his players, if you, right? If you can't connect to a guy like Woody, man, you like when like when your players are going out there, man, when your coach comes in, I think um uh the coach coach Allen for the football team, I think he's very similar. You know, like he loves his players so much. And the fact you have a guy that cares about you like that and will shave his eyebrows off, run through a wall, get in a fight with the other team for you. You, you play hard for that guy. You love that guy because you know he'll do anything for you. So, Jared, can you tell a little bit about when you were there? He was the assistant coach, right, when you were there? Yeah. Yep. Well, he was a, he got the head coaching job my last year there when, when they fired Mike D'Antoni. We went to the playoffs with him. Yeah, you went coach. on a nice run at the end of yep. that year. Um, yep. Can you talk a little bit? Did you ever have encounters in practice with Woodson? Would he get on you? Would he coach you hard? Like, yeah, what, he, what listen, was he like from that perspective? Listen, like, we were, like – like, he, he has a way about him of getting on you without demeaning you. And, you know, like, I think Josh Smith, what he did with Josh Smith's career and his game is a great example, man. 
he he got Josh to play super hard. Um, you know, he, he got on Josh. He kind of reined his game in. He made him be more specific. And what he let's say this man, his coaching style. His you look at his ATOs and what he can do and what he draws up. His ATOs are amazing because he draws up two plays: first like, first play, second play. What real quick, Jared? Though to, I want to get into that a little bit more granular. Tell some people may not know what ATOs are. So tell us what oh. ATOs are, and then explain the first play, second play thing. So so ATO is is after timeouts. So after timeouts, a lot of coaches call a play and they just say get the ball in and run this. Woody has just a great memory and immense knowledge of the game, and he'll call two plays out of the thing. So not only will we run an ATO, coming down the court, we'll run two straight plays that we have in our head without calling the plays out. So Woody will play – instead of calling the plays so the other team knows what's coming, Woody, Woody, will, Woody will yell first play. And we'll run the first play. He'll run – then he'll yell second play. So he forces his guys to have a basketball IQ. Wow, I like Lo- that. I love that. I think that's that's wow. great. Now, great. you do have a unique perspective in that you played at IU, you played for him with the Knicks, and then you went and worked in the front office at the Denver Nuggets. And all of what's going on with Thad Mata and his position, and now news is just breaking about this whole Larry Brown thing. By the time this airs, that may be a done deal or ancient history, but at least with the Thad thing and potentially Larry how do you see a, a structure like that working to IU's advantage as Woody takes over? Listen, I think the Fabmata thing, if it goes the right way, could be huge. I think, um, you know, having somebody specifically focus on, you know, the basketball program. I know Xavier has somebody similar in place, um, but you know, Scott can't just Scott just can't worry about what the basketball program is doing. He has football. He has, you know. Um, women's basketball, he has field hockey, all the other things that he has to worry about. And having somebody like Thad that can just oversee it, I think it's even good for the NCAA and for college basketball. Let's say this is successful and Thad does it, it creates another 30 to 50 jobs in basketball making six figures for guys. I think it could be something really cool that people take off with and do. I think it's a great idea. It's fun to see innovation coming out of Bloomington for sure. And when the guy who who's coming into that position is one of the three most successful guys in the Big Ten over the last 20 years, it's it's got to help uh, with a lot of people's concerns that Woody just doesn't know what it's like to run a college basketball program in the 21st century. Isn't that yeah. just something where like Thad can be over his shoulder and be like, you really want to spend your time here? I can kind of do this. Just Just sort yeah. of help him manage it. I, I think what you did was you took a lot of the stuff out. Thad can be in charge of the assistants that are out recruiting. Mm. You know, it's just like a GM thing, man. Like when you go to sign a free agent in the NBA, the head coach comes in late. The front office gives them all the information. The head coach is in the interview and they go through everything and you get it done. Um, Thad can, you know, identify the recruits, identify the talent, what they need and what he coaches. I, I think it's beautiful. You know, Jared, you and I spoke off camera um, about this, where you really praised Woody's basketball mind, like forgetting the relationship. You said to me some really, some real high praise on just his mind. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the way that he retains information, um, you know, the way, the way that he remembers scouting reports, the way that he goes over stuff, his attention to detail. He used to do our board before he became the head coach, and you know the scouts that he would do, the way that he would put players in. 
you know, his defensive schemes and all of that stuff, man, it was huge. And then once Mike D'Antoni stepped away and Woody took over, he was able to implement his own wrinkle on what Mike had. And instead of putting in a whole new offense and doing this, he put a wrinkle involved and really elevated the play of Carmelo and Amari. And we made a good playoff and made the playoffs that year. Wow. Well, it yeah. just seems also exciting. And, and to piggyback on the Larry Brown news, and again, we're recording this on Monday late afternoon, so who knows if it'll be real by the time this airs. But it does just seem like with Thad Mata, with Mike Woodson, with potentially Larry Brown, it does seem like Indiana is in the mindset of screw it, turn on the faucet, let's get every best basketball <laughs> mind and resource that we can and bring it to bear on this program because it deserves it. And it yeah. feels like we've been playing around the edges for about 20 years on this yeah. kind of stuff. And well, this just all feels real good to me. Yeah. I mean, you brought Mr. Ferguson back. You know, Woody flew in on Mr. Ferguson, you know, like they sent a private jet for him to get him there for the press conference. You know, you tapped a resource in that town that you have to have. You have to have Cook, you know. You have to have those guys because they're the biggest money thing in that town right now. So being able to have them be able to use that resource and pull it as just an example of the people that Woody's going to be able to reach and that love them and respect them. When hey guys, you look, see... listen, I'm not going to lie. My little one's going nuts. So I got We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Jared, Jared, we can't thank you enough. We wanted to have you on because you played for him directly. You know we love you. You have the all-time record of Hoosier Hysterics appearances. You're the man. AJ Moye is coming up behind you. All right, guys. Love you guys. All right. Be good, man. I mean, I just love hearing a guy who played for him, right? Like hearing Jared, who was there, and talking about the ATOs and, you know, the first place, second place stuff. It's The just specificity awesome. is great because we're all getting a kind of a general idea of the strengths of his. Just be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be great at the after timeouts, and then there's going to be two more plays coming. And it's like the way so many of the top offensive coordinators and coaches will script the first 20 plays of an NFL game. You know, that it's just like, oh, great. There is something tangible we can lock into that we're going to see from him. Without question. And you know what? We're spending some time talking about the Knicks. We talked to Glenn Grunwald, who hired him at the Knicks. We talked to Jared Jeffries, who played for him at the Knicks. We actually got hooked up with, for those of you who do follow the NBA, Mike Breen, who is one of the best play-by-play -play guys in all of NBA basketball. All of uh, sports. Breen yeah, is... The guy's amazing top-notch and he has been the Knicks play-by-play -play guy for I think like almost 30 years in some capacity since the early 90s we got hooked up with Mike Breen who wanted to come on the show but it's actually Clyde Frazier's birthday today so the Knicks are playing like right now and then they're taking Clyde out for dinner so Mike couldn't come on but he did want to weigh in on Woodson because he covered Mike for several years 82 games a year knows him extremely well and this is what Mike Breen wrote Mike Woodson is one of the finest men I've ever met in 30 years covering the NBA. What always stood out to me was how highly he was respected by his players in the NBA. Much of that was because he was always upfront and honest with them. You always know where you stand with Mike. He'll coach you hard, but he'll also give you the freedom on the court to play instinctively, a class act and a true gentleman of character. I mean, can you, we've got the right guy leading our program. Like, this Mike is Bre what you want people to say about the guy leading your program. 
Mike Breen could have ignored that text. We didn't know when you reached out to him, if you were even going to hear anything, what he thought of him. So he was like, hey, I, I can't get on there, but I'm going to say, like, I got goosebumps when you read that because it's coming from a guy who watched him play at the highest level every night and didn't have to say a damn thing about him today. That's exactly right. And it started with, we called Jeff Van Gundy, who is a, we're going to call him a friend of the podcast. He's been, sure, on the podcast. he's been on. And Jeff said to me, look, Woody's got an incredible reputation, but I wasn't at the Knicks when, when really he was there. So I don't have the intimate knowledge of him. You should really talk to Mike Breen. He'll give you the truth. And so he connected us with Mike. And to your point, he didn't have to say anything, but Mike made a point. He's like, listen, we're doing Zoom interviews with coaches right now, then the game, then we're taking Clyde Frazier out. But I want to say something about Woody. So he took the time to write that out for us. This guy is just the man. I mean, there you, you, it, like Jared said, if you can't get behind Woody, if you can't connect to him, if you can't relate to him, there is that's what they call a you problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. And take your problem to another college. Yeah. Because we're 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 gonna be, I, I have no doubt, based on what we learned up today and now having these conversations with these guys who know him specifically about him, that it's like there's there's plenty of great high school players that this guy's gonna connect with. And we only need 13. That's right. And really you only need eight. That's I mean, true. Really, nine you know, would be nine would be sure, good. Sure, we'll take nine, but eight can go far. But look, I don't want us to look past the most important person who has weighed in on the hiring of Mike Woodson today, and that is the one, the only Chuck D. I quote from from Chuck D's Twitter: "Mike Woodson seems so right at Indiana Univ, and then at Jump Shot Eight, at Termine Radio, at Sirius XM and NBA, and at New York Knicks." Uh, apparently Mike Woodson has something to do with those handles in between, but he said fans, uh, New York Nick fans were fortunate to have him three times. Chuck D didn't have to say that. Chuck D didn't have to go out on a limb. Chuck D didn't have to do anything. <laughs> have we heard from Spike Lee yet? I mean, look, we're, we're just continuing to hit refresh on Twitter because you never know what new praise is going to come in for our new coach. I we, just, we, I the, love the, it. The, and this, and this is what we've been talking about for years is to get a Chuck D and Flavor Flav reunion with the S1W for Midnight Madness, for Hoosier Hysteria. Yeah, we've got to send Chuck D a Hoosier Hysteric shirt. Absolutely. I mean, if Absolutely. we can figure out a way to get Chuck D to send out a tweet holding a Hoosier Hysteric shirt, I mean, that is the move. Just, just send him board ward. See what he does with that. Love it. All right, let's keep it rolling. I mean, I can't think of a better way to end this extravaganza of a podcast than with the last gentleman who brought Indiana University to the mountaintop, the shot, Keith Smart, former coach, former Hoosier star, NBA assistant, NBA head coach, just one of the all-time greats. We could not be happier to end this with a gentleman who has traveled somewhat similar path that Mr. Mike Woodson has traveled to get his perspective. Please welcome Keith Smart. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks for being on. Uh, Keith, how are you, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, doing well, been busy. You know, as I told you in, the, in my text, I had to go walk the dog, so my duties will continue to uh, mount up as I'm, I'm home here with the family. 
Well, and, first and, off, Ward, hold on. Before we get anywhere, let's just talk about the two pictures behind. That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> this is that those are the two greatest pictures I've ever seen. It is a picture of is it a picture of the shot? I can't exactly. Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. One picture. But that, that, this one here is a picture of uh, the pull up jump shot prior to the shot. Yes, I remember uh, it where you sprinted the length of the court. And, Right, and then the other one was the uh, the, the actual picture of us uh, cutting down the net. Oh man, that, I just can't think of a better way to end this. So listen, yeah, we we want to get your perspective here. When you mm -hmm. heard the news that Mike Woodson was hired as the head coach of Indiana, just give us your initial thoughts. Well, you know, you you was excited um, about uh, you know what Scott Dolson was trying to get done. You know, he wanted to uh, get an Indiana person back in charge over there. Uh, to kind of bring the groups back together. And uh, Mike and I, we worked together in Cleveland. Um, I did a basketball camp that he would run in Indianapolis uh, with him. Um, so, you know, with him getting the opportunity, you know, there were many uh, of, of the former players who, who Scott had reached out to and talked about uh, possibly coaching there. Um, so he wanted to get the, 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 um, get the, uh, the, the program in the hands of someone who's been there. I shared this earlier today, you know, Mike is one of those guys that his name is in that building. His name is in the locker room, in the locker. Uh, I mean, he has pictures all over the, over the building, like many of us uh, there. When Indiana finds out that, that Woody's our next coach, mm -hmm. I think it, it fills our heart, you know, with joy, with pride. Finally, mm -hmm. we got one of us coming back to do mm -hmm. this, but because a lot of us lack the basketball acumen and imagination, it's harder to try to imagine what a Mike Woodson coached IU team looks like out on the court. But but you've coached with the man. Could you give us an idea of what you think we'll see out on the court, really on both ends? Well, I think you're first. You know, you're gonna start the way Mike has built his uh, foundation has been defensively. You know, he's gonna be a, a coach that's gonna create. Uh, offensive opportunities based off of what their defense is going to do. That's what he's kind of done. And then he'll take the talent that he has and the talent that he'll eventually get and start to melt it with the uh, the style of play of how we have seen any other basketball play in the past, along with where the basketball is going, is going uh, right now and also how it's being played in the NBA. Because those young kids still want to play a style that they see uh, outside of when they're playing their own games when they look at uh, NBA games. So they're going to play that style as well. But I think Mike is going to have an opportunity to uh, uh, create the defensive identity with the team, uh, hard nose, get into people, I'm sure, the way he was taught, the way I was taught. Um, and he's going to create that that uh, offense uh, to fit, but also have some movement because he, he understands that you have to have movement in, in college basketball, but you also will get into the pick and roll. And he's been around. So he understands you can't have too much of both sides. You have to have a mixture of the, the motion movement, the pick and roll type game, the, the spread offense with the threes. Uh, he's going to figure all that stuff out. You know, Keith, one of the things you and I talked about before this last week was we had the conversation mm -hmm. about the knock on NBA guys to say, well, they never recruited. Like they can't recruit. Like, Bob, and you gave me an answer that, mm -hmm. that, that I loved and was hoping you could just kind of share it here. Do yeah. you have any concerns about him being able to recruit? No, I, I said, you know, here in this press conference today as well, when he talked about recruiting and I said the same thing, you know, I've talked to some colleges as well and, I, and they say, well, you haven't recruited. 
And sure, we have not been on the recruiting trails like many of your coaches have. But what is recruiting? And that's my, my thing. As I know it, who was recruited is when the team, a college team, identifies you as a player, you will fit the need of what they're trying to accomplish. Be it you'll be able to be a student, uh, you'll take care of yourself in the classroom. Your ability to play will fit their style once you get there. Now, once we've identified that, the recruiting process now go, I'm going to eventually get out to go and see you. I've been watching you on film. I'm going to now come watch you in person. And now if what I saw on film marries to what I see you doing on the floor, then how you're interacting on the sideline with, with the bench, with the coaching staff. And now we meet the family. We share with the family. Uh, hey, your, your son, um, you know, is a great young player is a good uh, young man, and uh, we would love to have him attend our school. That's recruiting, right? I, I think that's recruiting, as I have known it, because that's what was said, was, was conveyed to me when once Indiana uh, recognized that I was playing in Garden City, Kansas, way out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and, uh, Joby, and Joby Wright and several uh, recruited me and, and identified that here I'm, here's a player that fits our style, that can fit in the backcourt with Steve Alford, and he's gonna be able to take care of his business in the classroom. We won't have any problems with him off the floor. We are looking at him to come to Indiana. And then you make the decision. They got with my parents, share with my mom and dad that, hey, this is the best place we think he, uh, uh, for his talent and for us to have. We would love to have him, your son, come to Indiana University. And then, and then it's really about building the relationship, right, Keith? It's about, yeah. You know, can you talk a little bit about about that? And you've been shoulder to shoulder mm -hmm. with with Woody, mm -hmm. uh, you know, interacting with young players at, at right. Cleveland. What what do you see from him, and just how he relates to young players that that gives you faith that he can build those relationships? Well, see, in the NBA, when you uh, as assistant coach, you know, and you probably seen many of those guys in pregame. You know, you're on the floor working out with those guys. You know, you're not doing it to the level that they are on the floor, but you're working out with them. You're talking with them about individual moves certain moves here and there you're, you're, you're doing individual film with these guys you're watching film with those guys so those that relationship is constantly being built based on the stuff you do on the floor then the individual's uh film work that you'll do with with the uh with the player um so the relationship part continues to grow and then obviously put that into a team concept but individually uh as a head coach you're going to be able to pull a player over to the side, talk to him, take him through film. And that's something that you know he did when he was the assistant coach and he was an on-floor assistant. And then you end up moving into the, the number two slot, the number one slot, where you're not on the floor as much, but you're still taking players through film um, and things like that. So all the things about that I hear people saying about the recruiting thing and all those things, basketball still comes down to connectivity. You know, can you connect with that player? Uh, will that player believe what you're telling him? Now, you may not get to where you think you want to go, but we're going to look at avenues that just in case this doesn't work out, what do you do next? And I'm sure that's what Woody and his staff would be doing with the young man, um, just as many of the former players. I never forget there was a time I was back at Indiana and uh, Quinn Buckner was talking to me uh, about how to play for Coach Knight. Mm. And the same time, Isaiah Thomas was sharing with me about um, uh, playing for Coach Knight. Two different eras of players. Jim Thomas was sharing with me 
what to do playing for Coach Knight and playing wow. in the end. So you had various groups of players uh, linking back up to a player, a present player, to share how you're going to be able to function and, and play uh, for Coach Knight and know that, hey, he's going to yell at you, but guess what? He, he, he's a softie. He's really a softie. <laughs> when I hear you talk about that legacy, walking through the door and talking to you and giving you advice on yeah. how to win championships for this coach, um, obviously with, with Woody, it's like, no, it's like Jared Jeffries is going to be the one Indiana Hoosier who can walk into the locker room next year and talk about what it's like to play for Woody. Mm-hmm. But w- when, when you are imagining, and I guess this could go even to what you've maybe texted with your, your fellow Hoosiers teammates, mm-hmm. guys who came before or after you today, right? don't you think we're going to see a lot more of you in assembly hall over the next few years than we have seen in the last few? Yeah, I think I think because one, you have a lot of guys in the area, and then I think you have a lot of players that um, that will be coming to games uh, when they when they have time and the time allow them. Because a lot of the players have young kids and 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 children that are playing sports as well, and sometimes they can't get away. But I think the the reach out response, I think it's going to be back to a premium now, where they want you to come back. You know, I came back one time for uh, one of the Midnight Madness. And I sat with a few Indiana guys, you know, I, I we started a text line with some of my, t- my teammates. I'll start the text just talking about one player. I'll put about 12 guys, 10 or 12 guys in the text. Next thing you know, this thing will last about two or three days with guys telling jokes about with each other, you know, and I think you'll start getting some of that back because um, each player that has played there and particularly played under coach Knight, you know, and all those guys, because we were built on, team we were built and focused on us and how we grow as a team but one thing that was important and i think where woody is with, with because he was there with coach knight is not so much about the former players when they finish playing two years from now it's when they are done 20 and 25 years from now they are still connected when we all came back for the uh for coach knight when he returned all those players were back in a back room kind of just intermingling with each other talking and while we were back there you had a class from 76 communicating with a class 82 and the conversations were pretty close to the same because we all went through competing and playing there at indiana so that, that's going to be the beauty of of all of those things coming back you know what is a golfer i'm sure he's going to have a golf tournament there uh bringing some of those former players and former guys back again uh, to compete out there and have fun a day of golf and, and having fun with the uh, all the older uh, uh, players. We also, I think, it, it's it's uh, we all respect the uh, older coaches, uh, older players rather. Uh, we all respect those guys. Uh, another great moment when we were there um, was that Stu Robinson had his shirt out, the style, you know, the, the untucked shirt, you know, was out, and we were in the hallways kind of waiting. And Isaiah Thomas goes, Stu. What are you doing? What are you doing? And you know what's kind of figure out what's going on? He said, You're the only one with your shirt untucked. You know, <laughs> now here we are grown men and we sharing these types type of stories. But but we all respect each other, uh, no matter what group, you know, from Quinn and his group and Scott May, that group on down, Woody's group, my uh, you know, Randy Whitman, uh, my group. Um, you know, it's just so many stories with uh with that team coming back together, uh, which is a great thing for us today. You know, Keith, it's interesting when you talk about the the different players talking to you. 
and and mm-hmm. the guys that are 25 years out still coming back and connected. You're a guy, like you said, from Louisiana, played mm-hmm. in Garden City, Kansas. You didn't have any familial ties to Indiana. You weren't connected to the tradition of Indiana uh, mm-hmm. until you got there. And and look, we know your story. You were there two years, two momentous years. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what did there's we truly believe that there is something intangible that turns into something tangible by connecting mm-hmm. players that are current to the players of the past. What did it mean to you when you were there to connect to the Isaiahs, the Quins, mm-hmm. even though before you got there, you probably didn't know much about them. I had no no clue. The only time I knew about Indiana was when uh, they played LSU in the Final Four. And, of course, me from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and yeah. me following LSU. And we had a player from my high school, Ethan Martin, that played on that team. That's about the, the gist of me knowing about Indiana. But when I came on my visit, I came on my visit there, and uh, and Coach Knight walked me into on the floor of Assembly Hall. And obviously, names changed now, but walked me onto the floor. And he showed me the banners that were back there swaying and the Big Ten championships and the national championships. And he said, we're going to, you know, we're all about trying to win and win big here. And then it, he talked about the former players and what the former players are doing uh, mm-hmm. when they have graduated from Indiana, now going out into the work world. And that's when you saw players coming back around the, around the program. So it was that what you do there as a player now, but what takes place in your life uh, many years removed from your playing days there. I, I do wonder, because at some point, you know, Coach Knight had to put to the 75 and 76 team together mm-hmm. without saying, hey, here comes the guys I won my last championship with. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he got that out of the way pretty darn quickly once he got to IU. Mm-hmm. And then that's passed on to the 81 team that does it, the 87 team that does it. And all along the way, you have many teams winning Big Ten titles. Right. As just like, yes, this is what we do here. Nobody graduates from this school without at least winning a Big Ten title. And I wonder, Woody brings that experience, you know, Big Ten player of the year, Big Ten title. Um, and along with everything he did in the NBA afterwards as a player and as a coach, how, how much does that help to have a guy who just knows, and it sounds so simple, but it's almost impossible to f- put your finger on, how to <laughs> win? A yeah, guy yeah. who has won at the highest level, how does that translate to a, an 18-year-old kid winning more games on assembly hall court? Well, I think one of the biggest things that happens when you have had a chance to compete at that high level first and then have a chance to win a championship and then uh, win a Big Ten championship and then have an opportunity, if not for injuries, to probably win a national championship. So when that happens and you have been through those situations, you don't have panic. You know, some people who haven't been in those environments sometimes, they may have a little bit of panic. But when you've gone through it and walked through that door and you've been able to compete and, and play for a championship, you don't have panic. And when you're not panicked as a coach, guess who's not? The players. They know, okay, we can breathe. We know we got everything under control. And I think um, when you talk about we had a, a case there, my, our 87, my 87 year, the championship year, when Coach Knight said prior to the season that uh, our seniors, Daryl Thomas, Steve, Daryl Thomas, uh, Todd Meyer, and and, Darryl, and uh, Steve Alford. And he shared with those guys, you guys might be the only players to leave here and graduate 
and not have a Big Ten championship. And we closed the deal by winning the Big Ten and winning the national championship. Yes, you did. But that was the thought process. And I'm sure Woody will share that because you just walk around the building and you'll see these kids will already will see that. Uh, you know, now maybe some of them didn't recognize well, who is this guy? Who is this guy? You know, until they got a chance to talk to him. But then they saw a picture. They saw, uh, you know, Hall of Fame deal over there. And they're probably like, oh, that's the coach now. And, and what you get these young men to start thinking is that he's been there, he's done that, and he's going to develop us to try and get ourselves the Big Ten championship as well. You know, Keith, when you talk to people about Woody, what kind of person he is, you mm -hmm. hear a lot of the same words. You hear a lot of people talk about he's just such a great guy. He's got a yeah. great way about him. He's classy. And mm -hmm. I want to say something to, to just kind of talk about the elephant in the room here. There is no doubt it had been reported that you were part of the conversation of potentially being the guy at Indiana. Right. And here you mm -hmm. are talking to us two idiots late at night <laughs> on, a, on a Monday about the guy who did get the job. And right. when we talk to people about you, Keith, you hear those mm -hmm. same words, incredible right. guy, classy. Mm -hmm. And I just, first of all, want to thank you for being here, but mm -hmm. also just kind of want to ask, because I think it's a good lesson in life, how are you able to, like, you obviously wanted it. Like, I don't think that's a secret. It didn't right. happen, but you're here supporting your Hoosier brother who is there. Mm -hmm. how, how do you do that, Keith? Like, like how <laughs> do you stay that classy? Well, i tell you one thing, man. And uh, the one big, biggest thing was, is that I was glad that it's over because uh -huh. It was so many of us that were almost competing with each other, but not knowing we were competing with each other for the position, you see. And then once it got settled that this is where it's going, what do you do now? That's your brother. You support your brother, you know? Hey, we're competitors, right? And so as competitors, you wanna win. And when that didn't happen, what's the next thing as a competitor you have to do? You move on. And then you, you shake the, the hand of the, uh, of the, the victor, and then now you support that person. And so this is the easy thing for me uh, because, um, you know, he would have done the same thing if, if it went the other way with me. Um, but I, I text him and, and, and called him and, and share with him, you know, congratulations. Um, you're on the position and whatever I can do uh, to help uh, in any capacity, uh, you know, you know, I'm there. Uh, you know, being just the supportive part of just talking on the phone and things like that. Uh, but I think that's what every player that has played there. And I think everyone who, who, who probably had conversations about the position. Um, and I think they all have done the same thing that I've, that I'm doing uh, by supporting uh, Woody, you know, supporting the person who has gone through the exact same thing that I went through playing there and understanding that, that, that university, understanding the, uh, the program and where we want the program to be. You know, we, we, we always would joke about, um, you know, in, in the NBA, because we would catch games late at night with IU. And if IU was beaten that night, that next morning, other players on the team would say to us, yeah, you guys got yourself handed last night, you know. And uh, so we, we, we want to get this team back to where they're competing in a tournament. You know, we look at the tournament that's taking place now. Where is it? It's in our backyard and we're not a part of it, you know. So that kind of drives you a little bit. Um, but but me being able to do what I'm doing now, uh, supporting uh, coach, uh, because I was supporting every coach that was that coach there, yeah. you know, because you want to see the program back. I can't think of a better testament 
to the kind of young men that Coach Knight recruited mm -hmm. and the culture that he got them to buy into once they arrived, mm -hmm. that this is an incredible example of, of that class and that selflessness where it's like, oh, okay, you, you got to take the shot in the championship game. You know, mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, however that went down, it was like your number was called that time. And in something like this, so many years later, I think to see that all the players, those who, who were being considered for the position and the many, many who were not, mm -hmm. just to come full-throated today mm -hmm. uh, in support of Woody and the program as a whole, I do wonder, were, were there some of those text chains that had gone on for for a couple of days were some of those floating around today with some of the players you you stay in touch with yeah because here's the here's the thing each person probably who was kind of involved in a little bit here had his group of people pushing for him <laughs> so each group had their group you know my group guys that i was intermingled with you know and woody probably had his group and other players had their group and so they all were pulling for their person to get a shot at it, you know. And then when it didn't happen, you got those texts back. And they started, hey, man, sorry it didn't happen, you know. And it was kind of like, okay, what's next? And the next thing was, let's support, let's support our brother right here, right now. You know, let's do that. Well, Keith, there is no doubt, obviously, you were in a very small group of people that were being considered because you have a tremendous amount to offer to young men playing for Indiana University basketball. There is no doubt. And while it may not happen in an official capacity, do you think there's a place where, I mean, Woody basically said, we're getting everybody back together. You know, mm -hmm. like it's going to be more of an open door than it has been probably in 20 years. Right. Do you think that you will be back in Bloomington from time to time, maybe more so than you have been, just helping in any way you can, uh, talking to players, mm -hmm talking to the team and just being there for Woody? Is that something you, you expect to see over the next couple of years? Yeah, I think because, you know, one, my, my in-laws live in Bloomington, yes. you know, and my, my wife is uh, from New York, but they, they live in Bloomington. Yeah, I met her Keith, in Bloomington. Keith, having your in-laws live in Bloomington for most people, that's the reason to stay away. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> just, I have A1, A1, A1 in-laws. All right, so cool, I, cool, cool. <laughs> I got to keep getting that credit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, and 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 uh, for sure, I'll definitely be back into Bloomington. And, of course, every time I did come back to Bloomington, I tried my best to get over to the to the campus and go see people, um, you know, go to uh, try to get. I wasn't able to get to a practice because time schedule wasn't there. Uh, but I always tried to do that. Players that I saw from Indiana around the league, I would try to talk with them. You know, Victor Aldipo, I, I, we, we talked and, and text a great deal. Um, you know, so all those guys, I tell you one story, Yogi yeah. Ferrell uh, uh, got called up and was made the Dallas Mavericks team. And I went up to him to share with him that, uh, that uh, you know, congratulations on finally getting to the NBA and, and making it. And he couldn't figure out who I was. You know, he's kind of looking at me like, well, who, who is this guy, you know? And I said, well, there's a picture that you probably see of me uh, in, in your building from time to time. And he's still trying to figure it out. And I said, yeah, and there may be a statue over there or something, you know, and <laughs> couldn't figure it out. And I said, uh, I said, uh, yeah, I played in Indiana also. And he said, oh yeah, you're that shot guy, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> so that was, you know, but, but trying to reach out to those guys as much as I could from the players that I saw during the course of the season when I'm coaching the NBA. I, well, I got to say, though, Keith, that, that's a hilarious story, and it's also a heartbreaking one because 
There is simply no excuse. And look, I think it's part of the reason why Scott Dolson hired Mike Woodson to be the coach. Mm -hmm. Because there is simply no excuse for Mm -hmm. anybody to play four years at Indiana, Mm -hmm. like Yogi did, and not know immediately who Keith Smart is. I'm sorry. It's like, that is part of the secret sauce that we've been talking about throughout this whole episode, and really for two and a half years, that has been missing for 20 years at Indiana. That connection has mm-hmm. been broken. It was severed when they when they parted ways with Coach Knight, and it mm-hmm. has never fully been put back together. And it felt like today with that press conference, it mm-hmm. just feels like finally it is yeah. going to be put back together because no one should walk through mm-hmm. that building for, for two weeks, let alone four years, and not know who Keith Smart is and what he did for Indiana. Yeah, well, I think, too, the fact that uh, which we had a great session when Coach Knight came back, yes. I think that kind of started to bridge things a little bit, you know, with him finally getting back to Bloomington and also coming back into, into the building. And, and, and as you saw how many players returned and got back there for that, uh, for that moment, I think that really uh, catapulted this, this whole process into the connectivity of everyone. Uh, you know, Cam Cameron, guy that I hadn't been around and had talked to in so long, and I saw him there and we started talking about football because my son plays football yeah. and we started talking football, you know, two completely different eras, but because that connection was there, you know, we all came back together. And I think that along with uh, the, the announcement today with coach, coach Mike Woodson uh, coming back there as a coach, I think that now continues to close that bridge. Now, as the season moves on and the years move through, you start to now having that connection of all those players and former players now coming back together because now it's a point of emphasis emphasis now yes. you know that, that the, the university wants that's something that Scott Dawson wanted and we know that's something that Mike Woodson wanted as well that that's I did want to bring up Scott Dolson because he was on that 87 team he was he was tossing balls for you in practice mm-hmm. he was he was staying late uh, uh even later than the players a lot of those nights what what, and that that's what's happened like since coach Knight came back into the building Scott Dolson an 87 guy gets mm-hmm. named athletic director and Mike Woodson is now the head coach this mm-hmm. has just got to feel like after 20 years it's it's back on track and mm-hmm. I, I do wonder when you're uh you know thinking about Indiana going forward is it something that well, let's let's look at the 20 years in between. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's to me now the gap. Before it was also, oh, all the night guys were feeling a little bit maybe, is this still our program? Are mm-hmm. we really, you know, whether it be the coach or the AD, how much are we respected? How much are we welcomed? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's gonna take much work for all those guys who came in between? There's a lot of great players like Yogi, right. Cody, Vic, all those guys, um, for them to feel a part of what what you guys all felt back then and are now feeling today? Well, I think the, the starting point now is because the, 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 the blowhorn is, is out saying we want all our former players to reconnect to the program. Yes. We want everyone back. So you have a head coach. I was living in Atlanta and my wife and I were living in Atlanta and coach and I called and said, uh, Hey, I need to see you tomorrow. T- tomorrow, you know, out of the blue and no hesitation. I drove up to Bloomington from Atlanta, you know, just drove up and, and to hear what he wanted to, to talk to me about. And uh, and I'm sure that's going to be the same way with Woody. Hey, man, why don't you, uh, if you're in town, stop by uh, practice tomorrow. And, um, you know, I want you to share a few things with the team tomorrow. And you don't feel like 
you know I'm stepping on someone's toe here if I do this right now. You know, you, you know that he wanted you there to share with the team. Or when we had practice and I would see several players, former players, over on the sidelines, you know, and those guys had played for coach. And, and you look over there and go like, well, man, who are those guys? You know, well, that's uh, Ken Benson, you know, uh, that's such and such, you know. Um, you know, all those things I think is going to start flooding back into the program now based on what has taken place um, and what Scott is doing, you know, from going from, like you said, a manager to now uh, orchestrating the whole programs now at Indiana University. Uh, all that's going to start moving forward. I'm dying to know, though, what did Coach Knight want to talk to you about when you drove up from Atlanta? It better been good. <laughs> Here's the funniest thing. I have been playing now for nine years uh, all around the world, what have you. And he wanted to talk to me. About, he couldn't tell me on the phone. He said, okay, you've been playing now for nine years. Um, I want you to start getting thinking about coaching. Mm. And I said, well, coach, I'm still playing. I don't know if I want to coach just yet. He said, well, let me tell you this. I want you back here at Indiana to coach. And you've been out for almost nine years. Some of your peers have already gone on to their second tier of coaching. Mm. If you come here with me, you can be here with me for a couple of years and perhaps get into your own world of coaching. At the same time, uh, Fort Wayne, where I started my coaching career in Fort Wayne, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Fort Wayne Fury of the CBA at that time, uh, wanted me to become uh, a head coach up there. And I went there and he said, I'll tell you what, you should go do that because now that'll give you head coaching experience. So he kind of, that's what the conversation was. He wanted me to come there and, uh, and wanted me to be an assistant with him. And then the, the, the job opportunity came for me to coach in uh, Fort Wayne, and that's where I went. But that wow. was the company. But I drove, man, eight hours up there, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, was... <laughs> look, well, now, though, when Woody calls you, you're like, I'm going to take a first-class flight. That's what's going to happen this time. Uh, 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 who's paying for this, Woody? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <Yeah>. call Scott. <laughs> right, I do want to ask this. Yeah. Woody's known for wearing some stylish suits on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now – it seems like basketball is going a different route now. They used COVID as an excuse so everybody could just wear sweatsuits, which I yeah. think is ridiculous. But how good of a dresser is Woody? No, no, he, he's, he's an A1 dresser now. You know, he, he's, oh, he's going to be sharp over there, you know. But I think as he moves through the times, I think he's going to slowly say, you know what? Because he was went back in uh, New York, you know, they were wearing that this year. You know, can wear the sweats and, and team uh, uh, a flag jersey, you know. So I think he's going to probably – mixed up the, the two if the, depending on what the, what they uh, start to do back in college as far as how they dress on the sidelines yeah and bloomington generally is a little more casual than manhattan <laughs> so i'm sure that'll affect them but i do want to say as painful as it's been to not see iu men's basketball represented while the entire tournament is being played in our home state and even in assembly hall obviously up until tonight the ladies represented us so well and mm. every year every march you represent us so well when that shot gets played and it's really, you know, something we've had to cling on to for a really long time now to be like, look, yeah, we're a part of this March madness and, and winning the whole thing. Um, it's, it's something that I think we all feel really when the news broke yesterday, like, okay, after the last few years and look we know it's been 20 but there's been a lot of ups and downs but it's been really pretty depressing the last couple that mm -hmm. it's just so much easier to watch 
um, all these other teams running around because now we feel like we're going to be back there in no time. Do you feel like Woody can get us back into the dance pretty quick? Yeah, just like, you know, he said, you know, we have to make it work. You know, we have to make it work. Um, and I think he's going to get it back there to uh, that level of play that, that, that you're going to be competing for a championship, Big Ten championship. Um, and then you're going to, I think, because I think you're going to start competing for a Big Ten championship which you're developing a good basketball team. And you'll probably get to becoming a really good tournament team before you become that good national championship team. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's going to fall into those categories where you have developed a team now to where you are competing for a Big Ten championship. Now you become a really good tournament team. And then eventually you're on stage now where you put together a team that has a chance uh, to win the whole thing. Well, look, Keith, you know how much we admire you and love you. And again, I'll say, man, I just mm. can't think of a classier way to carry yourself than coming on this show tonight mm. on a Monday night with us to support, as you said, your brother, mm -hmm. uh, Coach Woodson. You, you have a lot to give Indiana University. It didn't stop with the shot. There's a lot more, there's a lot more gas in that tank. And mm. I'm sure Coach Woodson could use it. And we're excited not just to see Coach Woody in his nice suits or nice casual gear, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I am equally excited to turn on a game or go to Assembly Hall and see a group of former players behind the bench that mm -hmm. are all welcomed back. And I hope, hope, hope you are one of those faces that we get to mm -hmm. see multiple times because you're a huge part of what Indiana is and mm -hmm. what we want it to be. And, and I just it makes me so happy to know that you're happy about the direction yeah. and, and that you feel like we're ushering in a new era that harkens back to the glory days, but looks mm -hmm. to the future. No, but when you guys reached out, when you reached out to me about uh, the possibility of coming on and talk about this, it was no hesitation because uh, you know, one of my respect for you guys, and then also for the respect for, for coach Woodson and uh, as Woody, as everyone calls him, uh, you know, and, and of course, Indiana, you know, we, we all want the best for, our places, you know, my place, I want to see Indiana get back on top and win a championship. I want to see Garden City Community College play and win a championship, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to see uh, McKinley High School uh, play and win a championship. So when it's the places that you have spent time with quality people in, it, it, it's not a hard decision to, to, to say I can or can't make it, you know. You want to go out of your way to say, you know what, these places, really helped me grow as a, as a person, as a player. And, uh, and then when you come across really quality people that you trust, um, it becomes no brainer. Well, and Keith, we're, we're all out on the West coast, right? You're, right. you're, you're still out here. So when, when coach Woodson sends that, that private jet for you, Burbank, <laughs> it's really easy to get in and out of Burbank. We'll be on the tarmac ready to go. You just let right. us know. We'll have our bags packed. <laughs> you guys are ready. We have that touch. We're going to be waiting there a long time. We're going to be waiting <laughs> a long time. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to zoom from the plane, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Keith, yeah. look, I'm glad you and the family are doing well. Okay. And uh, it's really good to see your face. And hopefully the next time we see you is all together in Bloomington. Okay, we'll do, man. I'm going to try to get that beard like like yours right here, you know. Uh, well, <laughs> no. this is my Woody beard. It's Don't my do Woody. it, yeah. Don't do it. I got to cut it off. Yeah, at some point, my wife said, I got to cut it off at some point. <laughs> right. All right, Keith, be good, right. man. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old talking to Keith Smart. It doesn't. And I'm, I'm going to say it again for the third time. I the class, the character of that man. He wanted this job. He didn't get it. And the day that it's announced, 
he comes on to support his guy. It, it shows a level of respect for the program, for Coach Knight, for Coach Woody. And just it shows a tremendous amount of respect for his parents, honestly, who raised him to be a guy who has that level of integrity and dignity to, to be what he is. And that's what we want. That's what we think of as Indiana, right? Like that's well, how we well, want Hoosiers to represent us. Yeah, uh, uh, certainly of our, our players and coaches. Like when you beat me out for board of trustees, that's it. I'm done with you. I'm done with the school. I'm Fair. out. Fair okay? enough. Look, but I, but I, I hold IU play- be upset when I if I win board of trustees. I would get that. I hold IU players to a much higher standard than I hold myself. <laughs> Agreed. Look, <laughs> let's just recap what's happened today. We started this podcast what seems like I don't know twelve hours ago, and yeah. throughout the course of the day, from talking to Glenn Grunwald, the man who hired Coach Woodson, played with him, but then hired him as the head coach of the New York Knicks to then speaking to Landon Turner, a former teammate of his, to then talking to Jared Jeffries, who played for him at the New York Knicks, and now talking to Coach Keith Smart, who coached with him at the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is just a remarkable day. the, The only bad thing that happened today was the IU women were not able to cap off a truly historic season and make it to the Final Four. But I look, those women should hold their heads high because the way they represented the school and the program this year and the way they represented themselves, that this, this run will be remembered forever in Indiana University. And they gave me something real special to share with, especially my daughters this year. We watched a ton of games together, and I just thank them for that. So I, I want to make sure we, we say that. Well, and I think it'll be not remembered just as – we know it's the the best season IU women's basketball has ever had. I don't think it's going to be known as that for that much longer. I think it's going to be known as the season where it really broke through. You know, we could see it coming with the NIT championship and with what Tyra did and then Coach Morin came in and just took things to the next level. But I think we feel the same way about what the ladies are doing the same way we do the football team's doing. It's like, oh yeah, we really broke through. We became a top 10 program in the country this season in both of those sports, but we're all flying so high, not because it was some sort of fluky run or one great player came along to elevate the whole program. Like, no, this is where these programs are at now. And we really, have so much as much as it's heartbreaking tonight to see him walk off the court with a loss it's like they'll be back they'll be back great point great point look to wrap it up uh, today has just filled me with so much joy i mean it started on the west coast at 7 a.m listening to coach woodson's press conference and hearing him talk about what it means to be back seeing him get emotional hearing him get emotional talking about what it means to be here he got emotional when he looked over at Bob Hamill. Yeah, I mean, look, that's like what it, happens. Yeah, I mean, that that's, and there's a guy who's been around, you know, the whole time with Coach Knight, and you're like, man, the feelings run deep all around this program. I mean, Bob Hamill is the Gandalf of Indiana University basketball. That's <laughs> yes. what he is. And I, I just, um, but talking to the guys that we were fortunate enough to talk to today, it just fills me with Hoosier pride. 
It just, it gives me goosebumps to think about it, to hear the excitement in Landon's voice. See Glenn Grunwald hyped up, a guy who's pretty even keel. To see Jared, like, just kind of have, it feels like a burden has been lifted. It's like, and then to hear Keith, in only the way Keith can do, as classy as he can do it, talk about his support and love for what Indiana is and what Coach Woodson will bring back. I am just ready to roll. It was hard not to reflect, I think more in between the interviews as we were waiting around for him today on where we started with this podcast. And it was just you and me yelling at each other about Devontae Green. Okay. And then, and then we started talking to the players. And the more we talked to the players, the more we started to understand the fracture that was in the family uh, night, post night, and being like, gee, you know, this is such a bummer. Is there, is this ever going to get fixed? And to, to think about that series of events, obviously the Bluebird event for us was very, very special, but then for Hoosier Nation has it, no, and it even started with Coach Knight moving back to Bloomington and, and making that happen. But then the Assembly Hall, to the Scott Dolson hiring, the Coach Knight to Assembly Hall, to Scott Dolson being the hiring, to Woody today, it's like if you had told us that a couple of years ago when we were kind of just getting into all this and just being really sad and concerned about what it meant for the program, present and future, and said, guys, guys, th- this is where we're going to be at in two years, that's the absolute best case scenario. And then when we hang the sixth banner in this new configuration, then it's the dream come true. Our campaign to try to get Coach Woodson to follow us on Twitter has begun. Oh, good, 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 good. Has begun. <laughs> there is a little bit of controversy, though, already, because Coach Woodson has an official verified account that he had when he was coach of the Knicks that he kept. But a new profile came up today that says like it is Mike Woodson IU, but there was some controversy on whether it's him or not. I don't know, but I've asked that person to follow us too. So whoever (laughs) that person is, we hope they follow us and we hope all of you follow us at Hoosier Hysterics. For the hysterics, no E, no I. But but the sometimes why. why. And hey, look, there can only ever be one person to be the eighth thousandth follower of the Hoosier Hysterics. And I'm proud to say that I was up late enough last night that when it clicked from 7998 to 7999, I was like, boom, baby, I got it. I got it. I missed 7,000, but I got it at 8,000. And it's so funny because I was thinking about putting out something that was going to say, whoever's our 8,000th follower will send a free Hysterics t-shirt. And then I realized it was going to be you. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I get, I, I'm sure everybody out there is now asking, why was why did Warren take 8,000 followers before he... T- he wanted to see if it was going to stick, guys. I mean, I can't blame him. He just wanted to see... Is Wait this and see. <laughs> I, I will say, uh, I think I've seen pretty much everything you've posted over the years. Again, I binge it. It's like when I'll, I'll occasionally open Instagram and see my dad has liked my 13 posts from the last year and a half all at one night. I'm now becoming my father, but I I did start to get more comfortable with Twitter 
over the last couple of weeks because I got so desperate for news and rumors and smoke. I actually started like, okay, hashtag IUBB, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I'll, I'll be around a little bit more often, I think now. We've got a lot to pay attention to over the next couple of weeks. I think the first couple big things to pay attention to are the staff that he puts into place, mm -hmm. which, which I feel very good about. Mm -hmm. Very, very good about. And I think the other big thing is the kids in the transfer portal. Who's going to come back? Who's going to buy in? And I'll tell you this. I think that I think he's going to do us proud with how he treats the honor of wearing the Indiana jersey at Indiana University, meaning as much as he's going to recruit his butt off and have a staff that recruits their butt off, you better want to be there. That's it. You he better want to be there. He said he wants to know where their heart is. And going back to when we talked to Michael Lewis after he'd been put into the bubble and, and had had some time on his hands to, to speak to us was that heart, you know, and talking with Michael, even going back to like, if, if kids don't want to come to IU, F them, you know what I mean? Like, like th they should be begging to come here. And if they don't get what's so special about the place, move on to the person who will. And look, I get it. These kids today have not seen IU be a very special place on the court. So I think maybe you have to communicate that a little bit more. And who's going to be better at that than Woody? And the assistants were very confident he's going to have come in and set him up and the school up. So these younger kids know like, hey, I know this was a little before your time, but but this is coming back now. And you want to be a part of that, that team, this program, this history, this legacy, or do you want to just go get yours? Because there's a lot of places you can just go get yours. Don't bring that to Bloomington. And it won't be brought to Bloomington, not with Mike Woodson running the show. So an incredible day to be a Hoosier. Sad for the Indiana women's basketball team. Again, hell of a season. But, uh, I mean, we got Terry Morin, an Indiana native, running the women's team. We got Tom Allen, an Indiana native, running the football team. We got Mike Woodson, an Indiana native, running the basketball team. Great point. Todd Yeagley, Todd Yeagley, you know, the son of the legend, Jerry Yeagley, running the soccer program. I mean, this is Indiana. It is finally, it feels like this is Indiana. And I cannot wait for the next several months to just every bit of news that we're going to find out about him shaping this team is, uh, is just going to feel good because the right guy is running it. And he knows what it means to wear that Indiana across your, across your chest. And uh, I'm just so excited. I'm emotional about it. So I'm just ready. Well, and I do think we know there's kids there like Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway as, you know, Anthony's the the shining example of the kid who who grew up in Bloomington and has got it and came out immediately and said, I'm staying, I'm a Hoosier. And I want to come back to, I think, the original point in the intro. It was so many hours ago, uh, but we definitely hit it hard was Keith Smart didn't have to talk to us tonight. Keith Smart didn't have to come out publicly and say, I love Woody and I'm all in on him being successful for my alma mater. That's my brother. So, so turd burglar 768. If you're out there and you consider yourself 
one of us, part of the family, circle the wagons. Otherwise, go root for Purdue, shut down all your social media accounts, go away. The family's all back together and we're all rolling in the same direction and it's it's gonna be a blast. So get in or get out, but but don't don't be out there tearing down what the rest of us are supporting is being built back up. Totally agree. We will talk to you next week. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.